0: super talk mississippi media production
1: find your new ride at Kia macomb's all new location at the corner of i-55 and highway 98 come find out why macomb loves Kia macomb at the corner of i-55 and highway 98 right on the corner right on the price
0: howdy howdy it's rhino here and i wanted to say thank you for listening to middays with gerard gibbert here
2: on super talk mississippi
3: And welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi, coming at you live uh, from the Element Wealth studio. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbert. Along with Will East today, in for the vacationing Rhino on this, as Rhino would say, Friday, y'all. Morning, Will. Morning. Wet one. Yes, the storms ploughed through the Magnolia State overnight. You wake you up,
4: did me? I woke my dog up, which woke me up, so
3: Yeah. It was uh, quite the uh, the lightning show for a while. Really, yeah. And and just looking at the radar uh, early this morning, the four o'clock or so time frame looks like most of it had moved through Mississippi, but a good bit of it was still draped across the uh, the northeastern quadrant, if you will. Uh, My good friend Jeff Smith texted, said it was raining pretty hard up there in Columbus along his uh, patch. And it it, uh, looked like it gained steam, and and the storms got more intense as they tracked eastward into Alabama. But we were spared, best I can tell, Mm -hmm. any bad weather here in the Magnolia State. And the sun looks like it's trying to come out now.
4: Yeah, so. we need that sun out because tomorrow people are going to be out in the yards. Yeah, you're right. It's that time of year. How about you? You
3: got I, yard work I playing? mowed
4: my grass two weeks ago. Maybe it was a little too early. Of course, we had a little bit of a freeze last week. Uh, so I plan on getting out there, and I feel sorry for those bushes because I'm about to <laughs> <laughs> <come>. <laughs>
3: Demolish uh, them. Do you have crepe myrtles? Yes. Okay, now do you cut them way back?
4: A lot of people do. I don't cut them way back. I just trim them up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I probably should. Now, people in my neighborhood, they cut them back. I mean, they butcher them. No, I shouldn't do that. I think. I mean, it's like they took a chainsaw. No, I shouldn't do that.
3: They're not designed to to be that way. So, <laughs> how are you supposed to do? Because I have yeah, no clue. Yeah, I, and this is what uh, a landscape architect. That's those guys are more like artistes, you know, yeah. to do that. And uh, I, I have a very good one that uh, I'm proud to say helped with on my original plantings and has done some stuff since then. But anyhow, they they recommend uh, that you limb them up to try to promote a more vertical growth. And not just chop them off, you know, as, as a lot of people do. There's usually. this guy
4: in my neighborhood, he's probably got six of them. And Gerard, it's like he took a level out there. They are even across the top because Ger- he just sawed them down. You're not supposed to do
3: that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it really—I I tell you, I'm seriously now. The, the the
3: landscape folks that are really into that—it uh, it offends them. When they see it. <laughs> You're supposed to let them get more vertical yeah. in nature. And I I do uh, have the tree folks come out. Even uh, mine mine are 14 years old now. When I built my house, it, and they are beautiful specimens. I think I have six around my house, and they're probably 40 feet tall now. But they're but they're kind of narrow in that they don't just go crazy wild. Yeah. Horizontally, they're more vertical in shape. We keep trimming them up to do that, limbing them up, and they're beautiful uh when you just chop them off you just end up with kind of bushes you yeah. know sitting on top of the multiple tree trunk but it you know it just different strokes for different folks as they <laughs> say i guess but uh, a lot of stuff happening overnight this ukraine situation i i just read a report that vladimir putin he held a rally in moscow a couple of hours ago you see this yeah it, it, like, like at a stadium or something, right?
4: That's what it looks like. As much as he, they're trying to control information, and they can do a, a lot of it. They've cut off Facebook, Twitter. Yes. Uh, they Obviously, all the news media over there in Russia is all pro-Putin. Uh, occasionally, little things leak out. But they still haven't stopped messaging between individuals, group messaging, from what I understand. And so people are somewhat aware that it's not going swimmingly. Right. Uh with the Ukraine war, of course, you know, a lot of people are confused about the justification for it and all that stuff. So he's having to do these rallies basically to drum up support. The report says 200,000 yeah, were in attendance. 200,000.
3: That's a lot. Think about awesome. our biggest sports stadiums of a 100,000
4: It's twice that. Yeah, take uh, you know, Tennessee, right? You know, Neyland Stadium, where the balls play. Yes, it's two of those, right? Two of those. And
3: so, I'm not sure how this leaked. I mean, as you said, it's very difficult uh, to obtain news and information from Russia. We've cut a lot of it off. They've cut a lot of Mm -hmm. it off. I suspect he wanted this to get out, right? And and if you got two hundred thousand people, it's impossible. To conceal that with everybody yeah. running around with some recording device. I'm quoting from the speech, we know we know what we need to do, how to do it, and at what cost, and we will absolutely accomplish all of our plans. And it was at Luzhniki Stadium, if I pronounce that correctly, He praised the soldiers at the celebration to mark the eighth anniversary of Russia's seizure of the Crimean Peninsula from Ukraine in 14. Shoulder to shoulder, they help each other, support each other, and when needed, they shield each other from bullets with their bodies like brothers. This guy is a warmonger. He's sick, he's a megalomaniac, he's a menace to the planet.
4: There ain't no doubt about that. The, the war is going, the invasion in Ukraine is going very bad for Russia. The last I heard, it was 15,000 casualties. Now, casualties, that doesn't mean deaths. Right. That means taken out of action, Kill, right. killed in action, injured POWs.
3: And running 15, out of 000. food. You've seen reports they're running out of Their food. Their logistics
4: apparently terrible. have been terrible. Terrible.
3: And it's just unbelievable that this is going on in this day and age. It, uh, it, it's sad, honestly. Uh, and I, I don't know where, where it's all going, but the Biden administration, and by the way, I had a a video call with Xi Jinping this morning from China. I have no idea what they're talking about, but China and Russia are getting cozier, and that is disturbing. Uh, at best, there are also reports that from the cyber industry and the cybersecurity industry that American companies should be bracing for what could be a series of cyber attacks launched. And, and this is this is where it gets complicated, Will, is to those, I know mainly our friends uh, from the Libertarian Persuasion, uh, Thomas and Greenwood comes to mind, one of our regular listeners. So they would... They kind of take the position, we don't intervene, we don't do anything, unless we are attacked upon. What about a cyber attack? How should we respond to that? It gets complicated, because it's more than just boots on the ground or airplanes or other military assets encroaching your borders. That's pretty easy. But when it's being launched in the, in the digital world, in the digisphere, but experts are warning About this, I'm still concerned about Trojan Horses, which is malware that's been previously installed without a company's knowledge that can be remotely triggered or triggered based on certain conditions existing within a system. You don't even know. It's just sitting there waiting to go off. How much of that's happened and how much of that has, has Russia planted? So that's a concern. But you start thinking about our critical infrastructure, our banking systems. remember
4: a couple months ago when the pipeline got hit with ransomware, the gas pipeline, and you couldn't find gas at your local gas station?
3: Yeah. Uh, Had a meat processor. I mean, it's so – and that's when Biden came out and said, hey, you guys, if you're going to throw these attacks at us, (laughs) don't go after our critical stuff, (laughs) which was so silly to even say that. But – Anyhow, lots of eyes are watching that. Uh, Some other big news. Uh, You're up on this. Hunter Biden's infamous laptop. Oh, yeah. So the New York Times has done a mea culpa. (laughs) And you even read me something earlier from uh,
4: NPR. The good folks over at NPR that you and I pay for, or pay (laughs) in part for. Uh, It was screenshots of what they put out when this story originally came out. So... To give you the, the quick backstory, Hunter Biden, son of Joe Biden, had a laptop that he took to a Delaware repair shop to get repaired, and he never picked it up. Right. And on this laptop, this repairman found all these incriminating emails and yeah. reported to the FBI. And they said, no, it's disinformation, when, when the news leaked out. And NPR said, we're not even going to report on this because it's not worth your time or our time. And now the New York Times is saying, hey, wait a minute, there is something here. Only because President Joe Biden is safely in yes. the
3: White House, right, 16 months later. And, oh, I'm sorry, we missed that one. This could have changed the outcome of the election, I'm convinced of this. we got uh, more time to talk about that. Coming up next, Emily Havens, the executive director of the Grammy Museum. We're in the Element Wealth Studios with Middays. Stay with us. We'll be right back. to Middays from the Element Wealth Studios on this Friday, y'all. Are you thinking about or planning for retirement? Do you have a plan? Go to MyElementWealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. Joining us now on Middays, Emily Havens, Executive Director of the Grammy Museum of Mississippi. Good morning, Emily. Thanks for joining us
11: and thank you for having me. You bet. So
3: we uh, wanted to get you on to talk to us about this event coming up, I believe on March 25th, the Kids Rock the Red Carpet. That's coming back uh, to the Grammy Museum. This is just in advance of the Grammys. Is that correct?
11: That's right. We'll kick off Grammy week this week, this next week, on yeah. Friday with Kids Rock the Red Carpet.
3: Tell us about that.
11: So it's our fifth time to have it. Of course, we didn't have it during COVID. But we will have all kinds of activities for kids starting on Friday the 25th. We'll have um, karaoke with Grammy-winning songs. We'll also have they'll walk the red carpet with the paparazzi taking photos of them. Uh, That's a lot of fun. Exhibit activities and games, it's just going to be a lot of fun.
3: Well, it it sure seems like people are sick of being cooped up. They're ready to get out and about, be with other humans and attend events like this, large (laughs) gatherings. I got to believe this is going to be a pretty big deal for you this year.
11: Yeah, it's always fun for kids to be able to dress up, and some of them will dress up in gala outfits, some of them will be in rock and roll outfits, but it's kids enjoy it. The parents enjoy it. Um, tickets are $25. Adults can attend with their kids also, and um, everything can be purchased online at museum, MS.org.
3: Yeah, and the museum, of course, uh, in Cleveland, Mississippi, in the heart of the Delta, not too far from Delta State University. <laughs>
11: Yeah, that's right. We are excited that this week is spring break. Even though our Delta State suits are gone, our um, visitors have been really enjoying the museum this week. We have a um, our MTV exhibit, which is still really popular. A lot of great artifacts. Tells a great story about MTV and the history of MTV. Celebrates Mississippi's own Bob Pittman, the creator of MTV. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun this week.
3: Are you expecting at an event such as this, uh, Emily, are you expecting that you'll have visitors from other states as well? This doesn't just attract people from within Mississippi, huh?
11: No, for sure. We will definitely have kids from all over the Delta. We'll probably have some from around Arkansas. We usually have a lot of kids that visit there just over the river. But it will be a um, a lot of a lot of kids twelve and under, and sometime will be some some of them will be the first time they've joined the museum in an event and been a part of it. It's really going to be exciting.
3: And the theme, if I'm not mistaken, the idea is to kind of simulate what uh, the real Grammys are like to to kind of give that look and feel right of the of the glitz and the pageantry of the Grammys.
11: That's right. So they'll start their night with the red carpet and walk the red carpet and have their picture made. We'll have those pictures available for them. So they'll get to take a, a great photo home with them. There's a photo booth. And so they'll just kind of get a feel of being really special. We'll enjoy and celebrate the Grammy Awards and uh, the Grammy-nominated songs this year. And so they'll get a real, a, real, I guess, a, a real interesting evening because it'll be just like, the um, stars that walk the red carpet the night of the Grammys.
3: I just wonder how many kids experience this and are inspired by this and go on to be uh, to pursue a career in in music and and go on to be very successful musicians or in the industry.
11: So I sure hope so. Yeah. And not only that, we're hoping that they'll come back to our free summer camps. And so maybe it'll spark an interest in them, whether they are want to be a singer or an industry in industry as far as a manager or in production or a songwriter. There's so many things that night that they'll do that we hope will pique an interest in a hobby or in a profession one day. Um, and so, some, like I said, some of them, it's the first time to come to the museum. So we hope it won't be their last.
3: Yeah, what has uh, what has attendance been like now that we seem to be, as we said earlier, returning to so-called normal? Is it is it picking up? You seeing that?
11: It absolutely is. We had a really good um, summer last summer, and then it kind of slowed down this past fall with a little increase of COVID. But so far this year, we've had an incredible year. School groups signing up. We've had school groups there every single day um, and multiple. And so they're doing workshops and tours. And so it's really been incredible to see the students and the teachers come back, the visitors um, come back. We've had a great um, spring break. We even last week had a school group from Kansas. We opened up the museum at 8 o'clock at night to accommodate them. So we were excited to have them.
3: Right. That's awesome. Uh, The fact that the Grammy Museum is located in in the state of Mississippi, uh, how important is that?
11: Well, I definitely think it's important because so many genres were born here in Mississippi. There's so many Grammy winners and nominees from this state. And so it really is a celebration of all the accomplishments of Mississippians and celebrates their achievements. And also we hope to inspire the next generation of Mississippi Grammy winners.
3: Yeah, and and well represented in the museum, I might add.
11: Yeah, so a lot of the museum is celebrates all genres, but we certainly have a Mississippi Gallery that really celebrates just Mississippi and all of um, the musicians and the um, even the managers and people in industry um, that have changed the world with the music that was born right here in Mississippi.
3: Yeah, so so tell the audience uh, if you don't mind, Emily, what what does a visitor see? What what would uh, what would attract them?
11: So in the in the exhibits, we have about thirteen thousand square feet of exhibits. About fifty percent of those are interactive, and so you get to in, interact with um, Grammy winners uh, and their songs and their stories. You get to explore culture shocks, things that um, shocked culture and music industry and music festivals and things like that. But you also get to see great artifacts. Um, from people from Mississippi, from people from all over, um, Beyonce and Garth Brooks and, um, let's see, Willie Dixon and Faith Hill and Elvis. So there's a lot of beautiful artifacts, a lot of history. And then right now we have a 2,000 square feet of um, MTV Turns 40. I still want my MTV. Mm. So we switch that exhibit out every single year to keep visitors coming back and seeing what we have new in the museum.
3: I'm feeling old now with the MTV turning forty. I mean, I'm already old now. I really feel old because I remember, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when it came on the scene and uh, you know how revolutionary that was—the idea of seeing the performers and uh, often kind of cheesy videos. But that's why you watched it; it made it fun, uh, honestly. But it's uh, it is amazing to think that that the idea was hatched by a Mississippian.
11: That's right. And he tells the story in the exhibit along with John Sykes as well. All four of the um, original Living VJs have interviews that they did for the exhibit. Um, and the exhibit has had a video, lo- a video lounge, a uh, dance floor with iconic videos, um, all the stories of how it started and the timeline, and then some great artifacts from Poison and Sting and John Bon Jovi. And Madonna and Katy Perry, it's really incredible.
3: Yeah, that's that's totally awesome. Do, do you have a, a personal favorite exhibit?
11: <laughs> well, right now, the MTV. Okay. Uh, MTV is um, the first exhibit that we curated ourselves as a Mississippi team. Yeah. And so I'm extremely proud of it. Um I'm extremely excited to be able to share the story of MTV with all of the visitors. Um, and just like you just said, be proud of a Mississippian who created it.
3: Yeah, it, it really is cool and, and amazing to think. Uh, but you know what? That just layers on to all the other fantastic talent and accomplishments by musicians and folks in the in the music industry that are from right here in Mississippi. We're blessed indeed. Emily, thanks so much uh, for coming on. Really enjoyed that. Tell us again about the event and where they can get tickets.
11: So It's Friday the 25th. You can visit our website at www.grammymuseumms.org um, for tickets and other information about the museum.
3: Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Emily. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you thanks. soon. Middays will be right back from the element well studio. And then name him Rock and Roll.
9: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your Peyton Coney needs, go to seabrookpaint.com. Today showers and thunderstorms likely then clearing skies high near 77. Tonight, mostly clear conditions low around 44. Your Saturday, mostly sunny conditions, high near 65. And for your Sunday, sunny conditions high near 73. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply expert since 1871.
13: During the Skelly Money Days. Shop today and save up to $300 instantly. Then receive up to $500 in Miskelly Money to spend on your next visit. For a total savings of up to $800. It's a whole new level of savings. Plus, with 60 months financing, you can keep your cash because there's no money down required. Save now and save again during the Skelly Money
14: Days. Up
13: to $800 off are already low prices. Miss Skelly Money Day
10: At all Miskelly locations.
14: Did you know you can find the latest sales information or Breaking Jewelry Fashions from All Britons on Facebook? Hi, I'm Cameron Allbritton. We've come a long way since my great-granddad opened in 1920. How we live, travel, and even celebrate. But some things shouldn't change. Fine diamonds and jewelry from All Britons are still treasured for their quality and value. Be sure to like us on Facebook and come see us. All Britons, Mississippi's foremost diamond merchant.
4: Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do.
15: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Lawmakers still need to make decisions on how to spend the $1.8 billion in federal money our state received in the American Rescue Plan. Senator Daniel Sparks is worried that the longer it takes, the more inflation will diminish how far the money can go.
4: It is so important that we put the ARPA monies out and available this year because we are, there's not but about five or six states left that have not got a plan together. We're going to make a $1.8 billion mistake. And you say, well, Daniel, we've got three more years to obligate that. If inflation runs like it's running, we will buy fewer pipes in the ground. We will fix fewer sewer systems. So
3: we have put together several ARPA bills that I look for. They're going to conference,
13: but those bills need to go, and they need to go this year.
15: Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman echoed those same sentiments Thursday. I'm Kelly Bennett.
14: Tune in to Middays with Gerard Gibbert each weekday, live from the Element Wealth Studios. Is retirement on your mind? Do you have a plan? Go to MyElementWealth.com to find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees.
12: Being prepared before the storm is the best way to protect your home or business. Making sure your generator is in peak performance and ready for the job will keep you prepared. Taylor's Sudden Service can set up scheduled service calls to keep your generator running at peak performance. Taylor services all makes and models of generators and helps keep your generator prepared for the storm if you own a generator call taylor sudden service at 601-922-4444
16: prime shrimp is a proud sponsor of tasty tuesday on good things with rebecca turner go to primeshrimp.com to get pre-seasoned easy to cook shrimp delivered straight to your door
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbs. Welcome, welcome to our show. On Super Talk Mississippi. Okay, now you have a good one.
3: Back in the Element Well Studios, midday Super Talk Mississippi. We got Senator Josh Harkins uh, coming up later on on the program after the eleven o'clock break, and then J.T. Mitchell, the news director, Super Talk Mississippi News, will join us at twelve o five. So busy day on tap today. Uh, glad Senator Harkins is uh, able to come in. Looking forward to that conversation as well. The um, The question I, I see, Brian and Madison, for example, says, did Putin say there were 200,000 people? Actually, I did a little research on that over the break. It's, it's the Russian police. Now, I get it. The Russian police are under the thumb of Putin. And uh, they're going to say, I'm sure whatever... He tells them to say, I will tell you this, the stadium has a capacity of 81,000, okay? From the photos I'm looking at, looks full. And then the entire ground level of the stadium is full. Gigantic stage, like a concert sort yeah. of configuration. Does it matter? Uh, it's it's well over 100,000 from the photos that I'm, I'm uh, presently viewing. Uh and I don't know if that means you can't really infer a lot from this. Are these people that are afraid if they don't show support? You know, they end up swimming with the fishes. I don't know. You can't. Yeah, it's it's hard to speculate. There are reports that certainly suggest that broad sentiment in Russia is against this. On the other hand, you got Putin telling everybody that we got to do this to root out Nazism. In the Ukraine, and human rights abuses, you may have seen Arnold Schwarzenegger. You see, this took uh, to social media and recorded a video where he's speaking directly to the Russian people. And he tells them, this isn't because there's any Nazism. specifically says that going on in Ukraine, or human rights abuses, This is because of the guy at the top in your country. He did this without provocation, and you need to stop. You need to lay down your arms, basically.
4: That's a pretty incredible little propaganda push there by Putin. Um, It is. I mean, essentially what he's doing is he's showing not only the world, but probably more importantly Russia, that, hey, I'm still in control. 200,000 people showed up to this rally. And I'm not afraid to stick my neck out. During, you know, a lot of times when you're in the middle of a war, it's you don't need to stick your neck out. Agree. There's people calling for calling you a, uh, the president. Joe Biden called him a war criminal yesterday. Uh, uh, well, here he is sticking his neck out in front of 200,000 people. It's a a pretty bold propaganda push by Putin. Um, but I think he's in the point at the point where he has to do it because things are going so bad in the Ukraine. Seems like it. It's
3: a response to that, right? Yeah. Um, and I will say in the photos I'm I'm looking at including a video of his entire speech by the way that that is leaked I don't know if you say it's leaked he may have intentionally published it but it's out there it's available it clearly he looks exposed to me I mean he's standing on a stage yeah. on one end of the stadium with gazillions of people all around him at at floor level at ground level with the russian flag by the way Mm-hmm. A sea of Russian flags.
4: Yeah. It, By the way, I, I want to say this. I don't yeah. know if, if if people were listening this morning. I think it was at 8 o'clock. Richard Cross was guest hosting on the Paul Gallo Show. And he had on Lori Jackson, a missionary to western Ukraine. We just uploaded that video to YouTube. If you go to Supertalk's channel on YouTube, it's, it's about 11 minutes. It is incredibly powerful, that interview. Yeah. Uh, she also had, a, I believe, a photographer on. Uh, who is? Hey, you got to listen to that. If you didn't listen to that interview this morning, you got to go back and listen to that interview. Hmm. It is incredible. Uh, it's heartbreaking, really, what's going on over there. Because even though yes, Ukraine is doing much better than what everyone, the world expected, it's war's war. Yeah. And there's you know a lot of casualties on the Ukrainian side. I read this morning about a uh, a famed ballet dancer hmm. who got hit hit with a missile essentially where he was at and is dead now. Uh, you saw the news about the Fox the Fox News journalist uh or journalist there was yeah. I believe two killed. Yep, yeah. <clears throat> And, it's and really an American
3: big... citizen in a breadline oh attack. My gosh. That that uh came out last night. Uh yeah, you're right. It's war. The uh the interview uh with the father who lost his family. Don't know if you've seen that one. Ukrainian father. Mm-hmm. Interviewed by Aaron Burnett. I have not seen that. Over at uh, CNN. CNN. Used to be at CNBC. That's a powerful interview. She breaks down starts crying. Mm. I don't agree with Aaron Burnett hardly at all, philosophically and on political matters. That's fine. But she's a human being. He's a human being. And he was discussing the loss of his wife and his children, two children, with her. She couldn't deal with it. I couldn't either. I don't think. He amazingly retained his composure. It's just, it's it's sickening, honestly. What's going on? And how could th- those not be construed as war crimes? I don't see how. They can't be. Oh, geez, it's absolutely brutal. Uh, Going to pivot to something a, a little with a little more levity, and that goes back to our discussion about grape myrtles. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, the the best thing to do is to cut them down and replace with a dogwood, <laughs> says uh, someone on the ceasefire text line. Dogwood's beautiful as well, no doubt. Uh, the only... Uh, concern I have, I love dogwoods, and I have them in my yard, is that they bloom in the spring, for the most part, and then they're kind of done. The crepe myrtles give you color throughout the summer. That's yeah. their deal. They bloom in the height of the summer. They're great for the uh, warm climate we have here. Robin Amory says they call that crepe murder. <laughs> Neil from Palmetto says the same thing. It's called crepe myrtle. Uh, uh, murder, it's awful. <laughs> so, um Rusty as well. It's called Crate Murder. Thank you guys for. <laughs> I kind of knew there was a term for it. I just it skipped me. Uh, it eluded me, I should say. Uh, anyhow, Rhett and Ridgeland says I've been getting notifications off my reply to an NPR post from September. They're going. There's going to be a point in the Section 230 overhaul when the Supreme Court gets it. Hmm. Interesting. The, and and all basically, what Rhett sent us is the his comment to the story, or the lack thereof of any stories. Yeah, uh,
4: this this is that Hunter Biden thing again. Yeah, and, uh, back Thank in you. October of 2020, uh, NPR put out a story. It's put out a tweet that said, "Why haven't you seen any stories from NPR about the New York Post's Hunter Biden story?" Well, basically, we don't want to waste your time or our our time. Yeah, essentially, nuts. Uh, and then you had Twitter, which basically uh, they would not allow you to post the story. Right. Post links to the New York Facebook post too. Story. I think Facebook did the yeah. same thing. They they what they call devalued it, uh, de-emphasized De- it, yeah. meaning that if you posted it, nobody saw it. Yeah. Um, so now they're having to, to to turn around and you know basically do a mia culpa and say, hey, you know what? What well, most of them are aren't addressing it. Right. Most of them are not addressing it. You're not going to see that story on CNN. You're not going to see right. it on Washington Post. Uh, New York Times is the only one that's a couple of other publications that are left-leaning or saying stuff about it. But So the, what changed? What changed was uh, there's basically a grand jury uh, that is looking into his tax records right now. That's what changed. His baby mama yep. was uh, caught coming out of a grand jury testimony uh and i think that's kind of how this got started back up again uh they are looking at his tax records they had like 10 gigs worth of tax records apparently and they have all these emails the the smoking gun email by the way the reason why everybody's all up in arms about this that and uh people are afraid to uh uh people on the left are afraid you know to kind of bring this to light is because one of the emails from this Ukrainian energy company to Joe Biden says, you know what, thanks, great to meet you. By the way, thanks for bringing your father to meet us. This was back in 2015. So you, here you have a sitting vice president meeting with an energy company on which his son sits on the board for some reason. Yeah, And it's not hard to kind of you know put the pieces together and figure out what's going on here. Uh, He was drawing, Hunter Biden was drawing a $600,000 salary from them for a couple of years, despite having no experience whatsoever. Unbelievable. Well,
3: I think it's being alleged that he and his dad, the president, profited to the tune of about 31 million bucks through all this. Wow. I still say they were covering it up because they knew it was a political liability. Even if they didn't do anything illegal, the optics were bad. No question. And and I, I have seen reports stating that people would have voted differently had they known this. That could have changed the outcome of the election, despite all the other election anomalies. That's what I have a problem with. That's... That's irresponsible. It's derelict of duty on the part of the media, in my view. It's time for a break here on Middays from the Element Wealth Studios. Don't forget Senator Josh Harkins after the 11 o'clock break and J.T. Mitchell at 12. Stay with us.
6: Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi
9: Destination. Give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Bring your truck or trailer. Callaway's offers bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Refilling your propane tank is always a better option, and Callaway's is a propane refilling station. When you refill, you get more propane for less money. Callaway's and Glutstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Callaway's is.
18: Callaway's is.
0: I love it. Catfish is excellent.
1: For a flipping good time, come
0: down to Cock of the Walk.
17: This is the opening Agri Market Report. The opening of the New York Cotton Exchange May cotton was up three forty-eight to one twenty-five thirty-four. July cotton was up three thirteen to one twenty-one twenty-five. The opening of the Chicago Board of Trade May soybeans were down eight and three quarters to sixteen fifty-nine and three quarters per bushel. July soybeans were down six and a quarter to sixteen forty-one per bushel. May corn. Was down 10 cents to 744 and a half per bushel. July corn was down 7 and a to 711 and a quarter per bushel. At the mercantile, June live cattle was down 7 cents to 135.85. August live cattle was up 7 cents to 136.72. May feeders up 37 to 166.25. August feeders up 37 to 179.67. And at the open, the Dow Jones down 147 points, 34,333. I'm Dixon Williams. This is a SuperTalk Mississippi Agri News Network.
19: When you're spraying dicamba, you need it to be effective, but you also need it to be convenient. That's why Loveland products create a new Delta Complete, available exclusively at Nutrien Ag Solutions. Delta Complete offers both a DRA and VRA, plus water conditioning, a D-foam package, and a molybdenum inclusion to aid nitrogen uptake. It's the complete one-jug solution that's completely convenient, too. Ask your Nutrient Ag Solutions crop consultant about New Delta Complete. Always read and follow local guidelines and label requirements. Hey, it's Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi,
14: your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson (laughs)
0: 97.3.
14: Properly set. All
13: controls
0: before recording. All systems go. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Welcome back, everyone, to Middays on Element from the Element Wealth Studios. Go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. Speaking of which, the Dow taking a bit of a rest today. After a good day yesterday, it's down 106 points at this moment. The NASDAQ, however... Up somewhat. I think investors are still trying to process the Fed uh, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell's report on Wednesday announcing that the FMOC has agreed to uh, raise the Fed funds rate, the benchmark interest rate, by a quarter of a point, and that we should expect six more this year. And more into next year, mortgage thirty-year mortgages first time since 2019 have eclipsed the four percent for a thirty-year point. The uh, so I heard this morning also that there's about a month and a half of inventory of houses on the market. That's way low. And that would suggest that house prices are going to remain elevated. The question is, how is the interest rate hike going to affect that? And will there be kind of a rush out to, let me get it now before they keep going higher. So you got the combination of rates trending upward and expected to keep going that way and limited housing inventory. That's usually... Uh, a mix that would make it a seller's market, honestly. So, not sure where all that's going. I personally am still concerned about dropping into a recession. The economists now are pretty much predicting two, two percent GDP. Some are suggesting even lower than that, but for this quarter, I should say. I'm also concerned about whether or not the Fed's action is sufficient to really curtail inflation. Typically the interest rate has to be equal to or above the CPI. So just to explain what that means, when you got an interest rate now at uh, you know less than two percent, the Fed funds rate, you got CPI, latest reading, seven and a half percent. Typically, interest rates have to be above that mark to truly have a a meaningful effect on inflation. Now, that's almost going back to the old Ronald Reagan, Paul Volcker days of, I lived through that, of 18% mortgages to rid ourselves of this out-of-control spiraling inflation. So and it, and even Larry Summers wrote a great piece in the journal in the Washington Post. Larry Summers is is no conservative. He worked for Barack Obama
4: and Bill Clinton.
3: That's right. Economist. Yeah. But he's clear-eyed. That's what I like about him. And he tells the truth. And he's come out in this article and said, "Are they dreaming?" This <laughs> uh th- this quarter point. That's that's nothing that's bull and as a result he's calling out this administration saying you're you're just playing around the fringes here you're not getting anything done I I was a little bit shocked that uh, he was but he was willing to be honest about it uh even something else that's come out is uh David Axelrod you know who he
4: is don't you? I do I mean I met him. Okay. You'd have you really. I met him at the presidential debate in Oxford when it was there. Oh yeah, I yeah. do remember and that. I interviewed him. I asked one question of him. Okay. Along with about 50,000 other people. <laughs>
3: well, even he has come out and said has David Axelrod Uh, And I don't have the quote right in front. I mean, I got the audio. Okay, play it. Yeah, I think I sent it to you. Yeah, great.
13: Why not? You know, just be blunt with people. This is, you know, but then now they've overcorrected, and so for a few days he was saying, you know, everything is Putin's price hikes, inflation is Putin's fault. People don't believe that either. They know that we had inflation before this. They know that gas prices were high before this. So they they haven't dialed this in quite.
3: Right. Yeah, you can't
13: blame everything in the economy uh, on
3: Putin. Wow. Now look, David Axelrod, as you know, pretty high up in the Democrat Party. Yeah. I mean, like right up there in the top five or so in the country.
4: People answer his phone calls. Yes. And he's calling out this (laughs) president. You got to be honest.
3: Good for him, because he knows it doesn't bode well for them if they don't, if they quit, if if they continue this this behavior of deflecting and projecting. We'll take a break here on middays from the Alamo Well studio. Senator Josh Harkins after the news break. Stay with us.
0: Your home for Ole Miss Sports. WFMN Flora Jackson Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090.
20: I'm Roger Stern. President Biden has wrapped up his phone call with Chinese President Xi Jinping. The U.S. is worried about China aiding Russia in its war with Ukraine. Meanwhile, there's a humanitarian crisis in Mariupol where Fox's Jonathan Hunt says people are trying to flee. Refugees are flooding out of there as
5: quickly as they can. We understand something in the region of 20 000 to 30,000
20: have been able to leave over the last few days. Jurors are hearing from a key informant today in the trial of four men who allegedly planned to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, he's known as Big Dan and warned the FBI about the plot. A tip that ultimately led to charges for Adam Fox, Barry Croft, Daniel Harris, and Brandon Caserta who maintain that they were set up. Fox is Jeff Minasso. Eric is listening to Fox News.
10: Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events.
15: Uh, Let's see here. I have a staff meeting, three Zoom calls before lunch. Then I'll finish this report this afternoon, take the girls to ballet, get back home, just in time for my 630 sinus infection.
14: Getting sick is never convenient, but feeling better is at Trust Care. With seven area urgent care locations, we're right around the corner from your home or office with friendly medical professionals ready to help you feel better, faster. Trust Care, Mississippi's number one urgent care.
15: I'm Kelly Bennett and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Gas prices remain high, but the cost per gallon is dropping by pennies a day in the Magnolia state. The current average for a gallon of regular is at three ninety five. dollars That's a penny less than Thursday. Diesel is at $4.92, two cents less than Thursday. The cheapest gas in Mississippi can be found at Hull Service Station in Poplarville for three forty nine. dollars For a full list of the lowest gas prices in the state, log on to supertalk.fm. Once the House adopts the conference report, the teacher pay raise bill will be sent to the governor. The bill would raise teacher salaries by more than $5,000. Raising their pay above the national average. The plan also includes a set of milestone raises that are aimed at retaining good teachers. Teacher assistants would get a $2,000 raise. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett.
0: When it comes to taking care of your acreage, don't mess around. Toro Zero Turn Mowers cut big yards down to size in less time. So you can spend more time hunting, fishing, or just enjoying the day. Built with comfort enhancing, productivity boosting features like my ride suspension that take the ache out of acreage. Massive rear drive tires for ultimate traction and ultra durable iron forged cutting decks you can rely on for years to come. Bowl through anything that dares get in your way. Toro. Count on it. Visit toro.com slash zero turn to find yours. Yeah.
15: Several cities have chosen to opt out of the Mississippi Medical Cannabis Program, and residents in those cities are expressing their disapproval. Petitions to reverse city officials' decisions have surfaced in Ridgeland and Gluckstadt. A bill requires signatures of either 20% of the population or 1,500 residents, whichever is less, to have an election to opt back in. The U.S. has approved billions in military and humanitarian aid to Ukraine. Lori Jackson is in Far West Ukraine. She's been doing missionary work in the country since 2004. For now, she is in a location where they're able to find necessary items in stores.
11: There are things that there are less of and are less available. Um, We are blessed to be on several borders of European countries um, and be able to get things in. Um, Places where Russia has attacked are not under that same luxury.
15: So they're collecting food to try to get it to the areas that need it most.
12: It's time to take a road trip down to the coast for CPR Fest 20. Outside on the grounds for the Mississippi Coast Coliseum, Saturday, April 2nd. Starring Mississippi's own Three Doors Down, Live. Three Doors Down with Seether. Plus Bad Flower. This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro
15: show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: We are back in the Element well Studios Super Talk Mississippi middays on this Friday, y'all. By the way, folks, I'm looking right now, will on the on the business channel here just showed video of the Ukraine deal. I stadium's full; it's unbelievable. Panned across the stadium. I don't know where the video came from, and it's Putin you know, put that out there. Probably did, but it, but uh, so I don't doubt that um, he had a full stadium. It's pretty clear. You could just see it right there, and a sea of flags, and him there on the stage. There he is right there. I don't know what what is zapoponio. Of course, it's in the Russian backwards in and stuff. I don't know what the hell all that means. <laughs> really, I don't backwards know. On, Senator Josh you know. <laughs> Arkins, uh, our guest in the studio. But uh, anyhow, I just wanted to, to, to cut to that, just to share that... Okay, you I think you're right. He's wanting to get this all over the dang place Absolutely. and promote Absolutely. it. Oh geez. Uh on the C text line, before we get talking here with the Senator, Sam and Tupelo says five dollars and eighteen cents cash price for diesel it loves five twenty three credit. And oh. Tupelo, Mississippi also wanted to along those lines, that's a it's a good segue before we get talking to the Senator, the state of California and you may be mm-hmm. interested in this, uh, Senator, is considering a um, a gas rebate, Okay, $400 for every taxpayer. Just send them $400 bucks as part of their tax return, and it would, um, let's see, it's $9 billion is <laughs> what that oh. would cost. They have the highest <clears throat> gas tax in the country at 51 cents. Versus IR eighteen and change.
2: Yes, and I guess if you had forty six billion yeah. uh, laying around, you can you can
3: afford <laughs> With, to do that. Which but was their also, surplus yeah. <laughs> last year? Forty six billion. Uh, it's unbelievable. Out a hundred and ten billion dollar annual budget. So, yeah. uh, and and they attribute that mostly to capital gains. It's all the the young rich folks in Silicon Valley that that uh, cashed out of crypto and all their holdings that saw a huge run-up in the market last year. It was huge. They booked the capital gains, and, and in California, uh, capital gains, I, I think, are taxed just like ordinary income. The top rate, over a million bucks, 13%. A billion-dollar capital gain in California in squat yeah. in a year. So anyhow, just, just a contrast of the, the most populous state in our state, but uh, looking to give some relief our – Republicans, by the way, yeah. in the state of California, which are in the scant minority in the Golden State. Thanks well, for coming. Fewer in.
2: people in California to receive that rebate. Uh, they've all left and gone to Texas that's and uh, other states. So that's They're true.
3: Fleeing. All right, appreciate you coming in, yeah, Senator. Good I, to see I, you. I know you're out and about doing business today, as you should be, uh, sir. But always a pleasure having you in the studio. So uh, this week, uh, down there at the Capitol, the teacher pay raise. Yes, um, looks like. That's headed to the Governor, right is that where we are? So we've come we out have, of House?
2: we have um I know the Senate has passed the conference report on our side. Uh, I'm not sure if the House has taken it up yet, but we passed the uh, conference report giving a two hundred and forty five million dollar uh pay raise to teachers, yeah, so it is uh, from our side it's over and, and done with uh just uh, I don't know if the House has taken it
3: up yet or not yeah, I think that but as once of they take it up and passes it it'll go to the Governor. I think as of yesterday, they had not, but uh, I, I saw some indications from House member okay. that that that's, seems to be set to go. Uh, I think the governor will sign off on that. I believe he will. Uh, it, I, I shared yesterday on the air when I interviewed him uh, at the Neshoba County Fair, mm-hmm. I asked him what his legislative priorities were. He, he said that was his top one, was yeah. to get a teacher pay raise done, so... Well, we did it. We uh, we we came through. I think uh, both
2: sides worked uh, really hard up until the very end and and got a, a really good bill out. Uh, I know Chairman Debar has been uh, feverishly working on this uh, the whole session, even last uh, this past year uh, summer, going around the state, talking to teachers and talking to administrators and uh, trying to find out what kind of plan. Uh, you know, there are some subtle nuance differences in, in the plans, and I think you know uh, what what we what came out of the end product is is going to be a, a great uh, deal starting pay for teachers is is going to be up and that's a good thing.
3: About 4000 bucks. 4, 000, cool, yeah, huh?
2: yeah. It's a pretty, pretty good jump.
3: So it, it puts us on par with our neighboring well, states. Well, once
2: you bring it up, everybody, you know, it's it all arms going yeah. to continue to go. But uh, we, we got our teachers starting out at a really good rate, and there's incremental bumps down the road, which, you know, you want to incentivize them to stay in teaching. And uh, that's what hopefully his plan will do is to incentivize teachers to, to not – become teachers for a short period of time and, and get out, but to continue doing that work. And uh, they do a good job, and we want to uh, pay
3: them. Sure. To to those who have suggested, and those, I mean, citizens, would like to see some sort of uh, performance-based pay for, mm-hmm. for teachers... Uh, and I know that's that's been uh, kicked around a bit. you have any thoughts on that? Is there any appetite for that at the legislature it's it would be a complex it undertaking be, yeah, it
2: would be a very uh complex undertaking. It would take a lot of input from a, a lot of different uh people and what would be the criteria and it, it as with any uh issue when you're when you're dealing with uh, your pay structure or how you're budgeting i mean you, you it's all the devil's in the details sure and I, I think you know, whatever makes our – you know, you want to incentivize uh, leadership and and uh, have accountability. And teachers – there are excellent teachers out there. We want to reward them. Yeah. We want them to uh, be rewarded for their excellent work. And I think that, you know, uh, something that obviously uh, there will be a lot of input needed to, to really come up with the craft of – a proposal to do that but I, I think you know what we've done this past session is really set a, a mark out there that we've raised teacher pay. We've uh it's been a priority. We've done other uh pay raises, incremental pay raises along the way and this one is a really uh a substantial uh pay raise for
3: yeah. Is uh, there been any talk? I get this question a fair amount. Is there any any talk or discussion about a possible pay increase for the other state employees? And how many well, do we have? Now? Because we've reduced that we've quite reduced a bit. We've reduced it
2: quite a bit. Um, I do know that we are adopting with uh, our uh, personnel board. We are adopting a SEC squared. It's kind of a, a different pay structure for. Uh, our state employees and it tries to get everybody up on uh, up to a, a certain level and there is a, an amount of money i believe the appropriations chairman is uh Senator Hobson's working on that and i think they've allocated uh, back in the fall we added uh 20 something million dollars i think to it and there may be a little bit more added to it to to make that alignment uh stick and and bring our employees up you know, unfortunately, inflation hits everybody. Yeah. Uh, it hits your your business, your home, and it hits government. And, um, you know, our wages, how we pay employees, I mean, you're looking at – I mean, you look at corrections and the problems they've had in keeping guards, and it's based on you know being able to pay somebody. Uh, I've heard um, Commissioner Kane on your show and and uh, talking about you know what other states are paying. They're shipping them across the state to work at other prisons in neighboring states because they're paying them more. So you know we we got to we got to get the pay up where we have the guards there, and that was one of the problems we didn't have enough guards in our our prisons. So I mean, it's just, unfortunately it's just a, a part of having to to do one of the. Fundamental uh, jobs of of government that people want is they want a correction uh, system that that works that takes care of bad actors
3: and uh, you know deals with them so society doesn't yeah. day in day out and there's a fine line you know this from from private sector between trying to keep a lid on expenses but making sure that you're paying enough to get the right quality people absolutely. and that's a big thing in the custody officer world in, in our prisons as well absolutely
2: and i don't think that uh, i've been to parchment i've toured it uh i had a i told them that you know I, when i went up there for a tour i told the one of the guards i said look i've had some constituents call me and think that maybe we're putting too much into corrections and it's you know too comfortable i said will you take me and show me what some of these facilities like what the living quarters look like and kind of just let me get a good look. And so the lady said, yeah, sure, hop in the van. So she and Senator Doty was with me, actually. Yeah. We were on a property tour with several other legislators, and she wanted to see it too. So we hopped in a van and started driving around Parchment, and we pulled up. I was assuming we'd pull up to a building, storefront door, walk in, uh, have a command center, and look at my pod, and we pulled up to a gate, uh, and in the middle of the, the fenced-in yard was a, a building, and there were about 175 inmates out there working out, pumping iron, playing basketball, uh, sitting outside in the middle of the day, and I, I was looking around at Senator Doty and this lady, and she pushed a button on the gate to buzz us in. I'm like, wait a minute, where, where are the guards? She said they're both in there. Both. I said both, <laughs> two. Uh, you know, and and I, I remember the, the gate buzzed. This lady opened the door and walked right in, and I was like, "Here we go!" And uh, it, it was an eye-opening experience. It was not a uh, pleasant place to to reside, and I don't think that anybody would want to go to <laughs> Parchman. To uh, uh, you know, I just can't imagine where that's a better opportunity than what's on the outside. And yeah. so
3: I mean, it it should. It should be humane, but, it, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't you be know, comfortable. Waldorf comfortable.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You shouldn't make it very comfortable. It's it's a penalty for
3: crimes you've committed. And yeah. It's well, part of your we penalty. got a break right here. We'll come back and talk some taxes if you right. want to. we absolutely. got Senator Josh Harkins uh, in the studios, the Element Well Studios on midday. Stay with us.
9: RJ's Outboard Sales and Service is your central Mississippi boating headquarters. RJ's offers top-of-the-line brands like Skeeter, War Eagle, G3, Express, and Bennington Pontoon Boats, all powered by Yamaha Outboards. RJ's Outboard, 1208 Old Fannin Road in Brandon, the dealership that's service built.
6: Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi. A statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than 17,000 locations. Community outreach programs,
9: Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at majesticmetalsinc.com.
19: Mississippians pay over $1 billion a year in state income taxes. That's a billion dollars they can't use to buy groceries, school supplies or pay rent. When it comes to most small businesses, that's a billion dollars they can't use to buy equipment, expand, or offer better pay and benefits. That's why NFIB supports bills to eliminate Mississippi's individual income tax and put more money in people's pockets. Visit NFIB.com slash tax and tell Jackson it's time to eliminate Mississippi's individual income tax. Paid for by the National Federation of Independent Business.
1: Get the most out of your tax refund with a new set of Kenda tires from Gateway Tire and Service Center. Jackson's proudest community sponsor with four convenient locations to serve you. Along with our great prices, your new Kenda tires come with a kind of protection you can't find anywhere else. Like free road hazard, free flat repair, free tire rotations and balancing, free inspections and more. See complete details online at gatewaytire.com. That's gatewaytire.com.
13: Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning 6
0: 09. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. We're rolling!
18: Hit it, go! Play it!
0: Middays with Gerard Gippert. On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Well, CCR bumping us into this segment on Middays from the Element Wealth Studios. Go to MyElementWealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. Just uh, to kind of level set here, Senator, to inform our audience, uh, and help me if I get these numbers wrong, but the, of our general fund spending, Education consumes 52%, 53% roughly. Is that the last add, data?
2: If you add... IHL. IHL, community colleges, it's somewhere around in the mid-50s, I okay. think. Okay. Somewhere in that area. Right.
3: But it's It's, the lion's, it's share. the lion's share. And next is Medicaid mm-hmm. and and uh, other so-called social welfare, usually in the 18%, 20% mm-hmm. range, to yep. my uh, recollection.
2: DPS, uh, you know, you get up to about 70 have Medicaid, DPS, uh, Department of Human Services, corrections. It would be corrections, ditched. child protective services. I mean, that that is a new agency that has been morphed out of Department of Human Services. That's got a significant budget. That you know we're under court order for that. So yeah. it's you know yeah, it's one of those things that um, we're having to to get some things straight and correct. But uh, yeah, it's you know we have 110 appropriations every year, and six or seven of them meet about 70 seventy five percent of the of the budget up yeah seventy five cents of every 98 cents we spend is eaten up by just a very few
7: budgets
3: yeah because if you look at the rest of the slices of the pie they're fairly thin mm-hmm. but what stands out is education medicaid corrections mm-hmm. it's kind of in that it's, order typically yeah. Um, And that's our share of Medicaid. That's the state's match. That does not uh, account for the entire size and scope of the program, which, when you add the state's share and the federal share, is almost neck and neck with our total total general fund. Absolutely. It's a gigantic program. And if you look across the other states, it's it's similar Mm -hmm. in that respect. But, anyway, I just wanted to kind of level set that. Especially since we were talking about corrections, I, I think it, uh a lot of folks probably don't know how big a part of our budget uh corrections is. And even it it really pales in comparison to education and, and Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Uh but it it, it turns out it's to be a pretty big, yeah. it's a big budget in on its own and when you include the federal funds. That's true. Absolutely. All right, so of course uh you know the other thing we should mention is that the medical marijuana bill, we haven't talked a lot about that lately. But that got done yeah. early on in the session, and, and that I think we came into the session with that uh, being the top uh, item of focus from a legislative perspective. Yeah, just I
2: think all the work that went on in the offseason really uh – Kind of set the tone that you know they have both uh, chairmen on both sides have, have been working on that pretty extensively. Just I don't know how many versions uh, we went through, but we really had that ready, teed up, and ready to go. Uh, so that was the the first thing, one of the first things that got accomplished and off the table,
3: and allowed us to move on to other other issues. So that's in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. I I would submit that what's rapidly evolving to be, I think, is controversial. Uh, an issue and, and one that's getting certainly as much cycles almost as medical marijuana is tax reform. Mm-hmm. And we've got two different approaches to that, two different versions that I think are being deliberated now, one from the House, one from the Senate. The The House's plan, I think it's fair to say, has has changed more dramatically from its original form than has the Senate plan. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, but there's a gap. And I know you're working with uh, Representative Trey Lamar on the House side. You guys uh, continue to uh, discuss the details here, yes, and and trying to get something. And then we got the governor that's that's making some pretty bold statements mm-hmm. as well out in the public about what he'd like to see happen. But uh, so where are we? Let me well, just put it that I,
2: way. I can. I'll I'll speak for the Senate side because sure. that's what I've uh, we've been working on, and we've we. This whole thing came about last year in the middle of session, and, and we took a, a wait-and-see approach and, and to look at over the summer we held hearings. Uh, we've talked about it. We've looked at different ideas. There are, there are a lot of levers you can pull when it comes to taxation. Um, but I think if you look around the nation, you see a trend of a lot of other states that are looking at cutting taxes. And, Gerard, I'll go through real quick. The state of Arkansas, our neighbor, has a 5.9% tax Uh, top individual income tax rate. They cut it by 40 basis points, and then they have a plan to proceed to cut it down to 4.9 by 2025. Idaho cut its top marginal income tax rate from 6.5 to 6, its second marginal rate from 3.1 to 3%. Um, Iowa is taking it from a top marginal rate of 8.53 to a flat rate of 3.9 by 2026. Missouri Took their rate from 5.4 to 4.8 by 2028, so six years. Uh, Montana will cut its individual rate from 6.5, uh, down to 6.5 from 6.9. Uh, so in three years, they'll cut a half a percent. North Carolina will cut their individual income tax rate from 499 to 399, 1% over five years. Uh, Utah has a flat 4.95% individual income tax rate. They're going to cut theirs to 485 So that's 10 basis points mm-hmm. of a cut that they're cutting, uh, that they went ahead and cut. Arizona, they had four different brackets, and they're trying to pass a bill that will take it out to a flat 2.5% by some future date. Uh, determined by uh, uh, different options uh, in their bill, and then Indiana, who had a flat rate of 3.23, has passed a bill, and the governor has uh, signaled he will sign it that takes it from 3.23, their flat income tax rate to 2.9 by 2029. So over six years, they're going to cut it 30 basis points. Yeah. So, to me, the the, the significant uh, thing I would I would point out in that is lots of states are looking at taxes. And lots of states are reducing their rates. They're they're going down to a – they're figuring out a path forward to get to a number, and they're implementing it over several years. What the Senate has done, we came out originally with a plan to eliminate the 4 percent, because if you remember in 2016, we passed the state's largest tax cut, where we eliminated the 3 percent tax bracket, and we're phasing out the franchise tax on businesses. Worst tax ever, by the way. Worst boy. tax ever, and we're in year 4 of 10 of implementing the largest tax cut in our state's history. So keep in mind, whatever we're doing forward, we're also still implementing the largest tax cut in our state's history. Well, the Senate came out and did a a tax cut that would drop the uh, income uh, or excuse me, the sales tax on groceries from seven to five. We had a, a tag portion that we got rid of state fees on tags, which got us out of the tag business where it's pretty much your your locals that are charging that. Um, people, you know, didn't think that was just enough, so we got rid of it. But we also eliminated the four percent bracket. Now we've come back, and and that plan was about three hundred sixteen million dollars. We've come back, and we passed a plan last week that would uh, would take the top marginal rate from five to four point six over four years, and then after that. Eliminate the four percent bracket over the next four. So over eight years, we're going to eliminate uh, the four percent bracket, the top rate from five to four point six percent, and we're going to drop your grocery tax from seven to five percent, costing a total of about four hundred and thirty nine million. I'm not going to round up and say four forty, but four hundred thirty nine million dollars that we are eliminating of recurring revenue, which would be the next. It would be the biggest tax cut in our state's history. All the while, we're still digesting the last largest state tax cut in our state's history. Yeah. And so it, it's a it's an aggressive plan in the sense that it, it is bringing down our top rate. It's bringing up the exemption, if you will, by eliminating the 4% bracket. And it's putting more money in people's pockets to the tune of about $439 million. And it's providing some inflationary relief at the grocery store. And inflation has hit everybody. I mean, just look at where we were in January. When we started the session and where we are today, in the last month, the world has literally turned upside down. I mean, inflation is going through the roof. Uh, Gas prices have shot up absolutely out of sight. And so, you know, we're trying to provide not only an instant relief of, uh, you know, some relief at the grocery store. We also had a rebate uh, program in there that would give a tax rebate of 5% of your liability that you paid into the state. Uh, Just a little something to help. Uh, to the tune of one hundred and thirty million, and there was also some uh, discussion about uh, doing a a uh, periodic suspension of the gas tax for six months to yeah. the tune of about two hundred and fifteen million dollars where we would use capital expense to pay those monies into m dot where m dot is not harmed. They still have all the revenue that they would have normally had as if it were never suspended so i
3: 'm glad you pointed that out i wasn 't sure
2: yeah, it uh, was okay. absolutely You're we would use an MDOT capital hole, expense, make an make m dot hole okay. they don 't lose any money. The people get a break of 18.5 cents on every gallon of, of gas uh, for a period of about six months. Yeah. Now, that is a temporary pause. It's inflationary uh, help, uh, which everybody is experiencing. Uh, so that was our plan. The total package was about $730 million, but $439 million of it was recurring revenue year over year.
3: Okay. Well, and the federal government is thinking about uh, a temporary pause on its 18 cents and change mm-hmm. of federal gas tax as well. You got to go? Uh, I got a little bit longer. Okay. Uh, we got a break. Come back for a couple of minutes? Yes. All right. Sounds good. Yes. Senator Josh Harkins is our guest in the Element Well Studios. Middays will return.
9: the seabrookpaint.com weather center i'm bob sullender for all your peyton coney needs go to seabrookpaint.com today showers and thunderstorms likely than clearing skies high near 77 tonight mostly clear conditions low around 44 your saturday mostly sunny conditions high near 65 and for your sunday sunny conditions high near 73 this weather brought you by our friends at gaddis mclaurin mercantile in downtown bolton shop local gaddis mclaurin mercantile your building supply experts since 1871
13: Save now and later during the Skelly Money Days. Shop today and save up to $300 instantly. Then receive up to $500 in Miskelly Money to spend on your next visit. For a total savings of up to $800.
10: It's a whole new level of savings. Plus,
13: with 60 months financing, you can keep your cash because there's no money down required.
10: Save now and save again during the Skelly Money Days.
13: Up to $800 off are already low prices. Skelly Money Day.
10: At all Miskelly locations.
19: Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umpflett with Capital Dental. We at Capital Dental want you to be confident in a bright and healthy smile that you can be proud of. We provide teeth whitening to brighten
16: your smile. Book your appointment today at CapitalDentalInc.com. Capital Dental, located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive.
1: At Bob Boyd Honda, we pride ourselves in getting our customers the best deals around.
8: Usually, that means when we're selling cars, but right now...
1: Bob Boyd is in the market to buy!
8: We're offering top dollar for pre-on autos, trucks, and SUVs.
1: Come by, talk to our dedicated team, and discover what a great time it is for Bob Boyd to buy back your used vehicle. Any make, any model.
8: Whether you're selling or buying, at Bob Boyd Honda, you get a deal. deal.
6: Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi.
15: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Gas prices remain high, but the cost per gallon is dropping by pennies a day in the Magnolia state. The current average for a gallon of regular is at 3.95, that's a penny less than Thursday. Diesel is at 4.92, 2 cents less than Thursday. The cheapest gas in Mississippi can be found at Hull Service Station in Poplarville for 3.49. For a full list of the lowest gas prices in the state, log on to supertalk.fm. Once the house adopts the conference report that teacher pay raise bill will be sent to the governor, the bill would raise teacher salaries by more than 5,000 Raising their pay above the national average. The plan also includes a set of milestone raises that are aimed at retaining good teachers. Teacher assistants would get a $2,000 raise. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett.
12: Hey folks, Steve Azar, thrilled to announce our second annual Mockingbird Songwriters Music Festival on the farm in Leland, Mississippi at the very cool Janet Dunley. April 8 and April 9, I'll be bringing in over a dozen of my hit songwriting pals from Music City, telling the stories behind the hits. We'll have the food trucks, you bring the blankets and the lawn chairs, and kids under 12 are free. If you haven't ever seen or heard a songwriter bear their heart and soul, well then you haven't heard the hit song at all. Go to
0: Mockingbird2022.eventbrite.com. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbons on Super Talk Mississippi.
18: Round here is where the Muppets grew up, and potters and artists.
12: We're
3: back with and you on middays from the Element Well studio, Super Talk, Mississippi on this Friday, y'all. We've got Senator Josh Harkins. He, uh, he chairs the Senate Finance Committee over there in the Senate He's responsible for figuring out where we get all the money to run the government That's the bottom line. and then you hand it off to Senator hobson who's got to's got figure out how to make all that work huh? he's
2: got he's got to put it all together
3: yeah all right so uh do you feel like just honestly, Senator, that we can bridge the gap between the House and the Senate? You and I were just talking off the air about some some other Ideas. I mean, this this is this is like a canvas, yeah. And you're and you're sort of painting a a, a picture here. There honestly. are many
2: canvases in the room, and you keep throwing stuff on them and see what yeah. looks good to both parties. I mean, that's that's I mean, that's essentially what happens every year. This time of the session is things go to conference, and you you talk and you try to figure out what's acceptable to one side. I mean, each side has kind of a a, a position that they're going to hold and. And you know we feel like the responsible and and prudent thing to do is to is to make sure that we're not putting um, putting ourselves in a bad position, but we're also providing relief, and we do that in a number of ways, not only income tax relief, but also the rebate and the grocery tax uh, and the gas tax. So those are all options. There are a lot of levers to pull in this in this um, kind of this tax. Uh, tax game that we're we're sitting here dancing with, and and you know, but we want to make sure whatever it is, it's a durable plan. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. a durable plan. It's going to last. You know, we, we all know. I mean, Gerard, I, and I'm, I'm I'm almost willing to bet you your listeners um, don't know exactly how much money has flowed into our state. And I got LBO to run me a report in the last two years since COVID, over 35 billion dollars has poured into our state directly or indirectly. Thirty five billion dollars. And that's above the ordinary eleven billion dollars or so that comes in from the feds for education, Medicaid, all these other federal uh, portions of of our budget that we uh, get money from. So thirty five billion dollars on top of the normal tranche of money. And, and we're sitting here thinking that it's not coming again next year or the year after or the year after. And there's a lot of things that, that we need to do that we can invest in that makes our state attractive, along with reducing taxes, but invest in infrastructure, invest in our, our education and our workforce training. I mean, able body workers are, are something that we need to have. And to have training uh, for them to do specialized manufacturing and all the things that the, the new jobs of the future are requiring – those are investments that will pay off that will pay dividends and i think that we are we are trying to balance all of that it's not just one piece of of the puzzle that we're trying to work on it's it's several pieces it's a jigsaw puzzle and we're trying to to be you know responsible in what we do where we take some of the money that we have the excess money we have when we invest back in our state invest in roads in our communities invest in you know fixing some of our bridges and in our local communities that have problems i mean There's a ton of needs. I mean, I think I heard Senator Hobson say the other day that he's had over probably, you know, $6 billion in requests of of things that people need, uh, you know, they're wanting to do. But at some point, you've got to say no. You've got to draw a line. And I think that we're doing something that's consistent, not only with what we've done in the past, what other states are doing around us. Every state in this country is flush with cash. And I think what you see – predominantly just across the board, the, the, the examples I just gave you is they are lowering the, the the rate to a point and they come back and they reassess and they see what's going on. You take a look at your environment. You look at the economy. You look at what your needs are. What our needs are today may be different than what our needs are in, in three or four years. And so, I mean, that's the way we've done. That's the way we've cut taxes. The 11 years I've been here, there's probably 40, 50 taxes that we've cut. And we've done it by cutting, coming back, cutting again. We cut in 2016 with the largest tax cut in our history, and we're increasing it with this tax cut proposal. It's even bigger than that one. And we're also doing it in tandem with that one. So it is an aggressive plan. I mean, there's there's more money being uh, that's being uh, uh, left off by that tax cut, about $35 million a year, uh, in, in tandem with what we've proposed. So we feel like it is an aggressive plan, and it, it's something that will allow us to come back in a couple of years and
3: reassess and, and move on. My sense is the House, uh, kind of the bottom line for them, Senator, is that uh, it, the plan must have a mechanism to ultimately phase out the income tax. Is there something that, that could be designed, you think, that would get the Senate support that achieves that, but does it in a methodical and um, uh, conservative approach uh, one one that's reasonable and 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 one that has some safeguards in it to, to protect against any sort of budget shortfalls.
2: Well, I, I think there is a mechanism in place. It's called life. We're, we're going to be here next year. Somebody's <laughs> going to be here. Somebody's going to be elected to fill uh the the seats in the Senate and seats in the House and they'll have the opportunity to come here and look at it and do it every year. Yeah. Uh, I I don't ever say no to anything. I think you you always try to find the the best deal that you can get and you work which we've done and uh will continue to do. We'll be here uh next week Monday starting and uh I've met with uh, Chairman Lamar uh, twice this week, and we will. I'm, I know we will meet again next week, and we'll talk and discuss. And but I think we there's there's two different philosophies on how you get there. But we're talking about cutting taxes again, <laughs> the largest tax cut in our state's history, and some would argue it's not enough. And I just I, I think that we 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 are you know we need to really reassess what our priorities are and and make sure that we know that we want to provide relief for our citizens. We want to invest in the things that our citizens expect in our infrastructure, uh, in, in you know, train job training uh, to help our businesses grow and prosper. I mean, that's part of what our existing businesses need. Is they need to expand. They need bodies. They need people that are trained. They need people that can get in and go to work. And, I mean, you know, our labor participation rate went down uh, this past yeah, month. I saw I mean, that. That, that's another problem. I yeah. mean, when fifty-four percent of the people are, are working. In our state, and they're able-bodied people that are not. That's a problem, and so we have to we have to do more to train to to get people uh, where they are employable and they can get a job and earn a living wage and support themselves. And you know, the best remedy to a lot of uh, economic uh, issues is a job. You know, when uh, everybody's gainfully employed and working, it, it lifts all boats. And I, I think that's the what we're trying to to balance is. There's a lot of different things that we can prioritize and and we can do, and it's. It includes cutting taxes. It includes investment in our infrastructure and our education and our, our uh, job training. Um, it's trying to make Mississippi a, a really good place to for businesses to want to locate, for our quality of life, our low cost of living, uh, all the things that we've been talking about. And I think we, we've, we've done that with our proposal.
3: Well, I'm just I'm just trying to come up with some way to, to reach a consensus and get something done. It, it, I still believe they're pretty dug in on the concept of, Full elimination of the income tax, well, and and even though let's be honest, yeah. uh, because I don't think a lot of people know it's it's over a very long period of time, assuming revenue yeah. targets are met. I mean,
2: you're not guaranteed to cut it. I mean, you, your your economy may be such that you don't make any more cuts for a long period of time, I and mean, who knows? Yeah. But what I do know is our plan does not have a trigger. Yeah. It does not have an increase in any taxes, and it spells out what exactly we're doing. Um, I think. You know, it allows us to come back and, and reassess and see where we want to target. I mean, we're not doing anything to the corporate income tax rate, do we? You know, uh, there's a lot of things to look at. Yeah, and so I think what uh, what we have proposed has been a has been a, a very uh, good offer. It's it's we we've been working on this. We're trying to. You know balance a lot of things, and I think that we have we have put something forward that is responsible and and look there's other things I mean the ARPA funds that have come down from Congress to to do water sewer projects i mean we eighty two counties in our state and hundreds of cities have projects that would greatly improve the ability for economic development and activity and we passed our bills, We passed the House bills back to them. We're ready to, to get that sent on to the governor so those funds can be begin working. You hold those any longer, your $1.8 billion is worth about 7 8% less next year. Yeah. And you lose value, you lose purchasing power, and there's really no sense in, in holding on to those funds when, when there's a lot of projects that are out there that are ready to go.
3: It's it's a present value versus future value of, of revenue exercise, and Senator Sparks talked about that as well yesterday. D, D, so the speaker has signaled... Uh, and I believe uh, Jeremy Lamar has as well that there might be some hesitation to move forward with the ARPA uh, appropriation, right, well, if we I'll don't get tax reform done. I, I, just, I mean, is, yeah, that, is I, that the message you've heard? That's the message I've
2: heard, but okay. I, I would certainly not want to be on, on record of holding back $1.8 billion for our communities, our counties, and our cities to do projects that uh, where water is an issue and sewer needs and uh, develop, expansion of Of property that we can go and uh, do economic development on, I think that would be uh, that would be a loss for
3: our state. We got about a minute left. Have you talked to the governor about any of this? Personally,
2: Uh, I I, I visited with him uh, a week or so ago, and uh, we'll continue to be here. I know he's uh, out of town right now, but we will. uh, I'm up the capital. Five
3: days a week, and we'll be up there next weekend, too. I'd just love to see him call you and the Lieutenant Governor and the Speaker of the House and Chairman Lamar and say, Let's go get in a room and get this done and don't come out till we got some. Yep. Okay. I said it. I don't mind saying it. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you coming in, Senator, as always. Thank you for having me, Gerard. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Middays, we'll come right back. We got uh, News Director J.T. Mitchell after the 12 o'clock break. Stay with us. Mississippi.
14: When you partner with R.J. Young for your business printing needs, you get the R.J. Young difference, superior service, in-house leasing option, and a we-make-it-right guarantee. Choose R.J. Young's HP A4 for your business's managed print services and supplies. Print with confidence and trust HP Original Supplies for consistent, uninterrupted printing. To learn more about our office equipment and technology, visit rjyoung.com slash printers. R.J. Young partners with the best printer manufacturers like HP to offer you the best technology solutions that power your business.
17: This is the Midday Agri-Market Report. Nearly 7 million chickens and turkeys in 13 states have been killed this year due to avian influenza, prompting officials and farmers to acknowledge that, despite their best efforts, stopping the disease and infecting poultry is incredibly difficult. The spread of the disease is largely blamed on the droppings of wild birds, such as ducks and geese, which often show no signs of illness. But studies suggest the virus can be tracked in secure chicken and turkey barns on equipment, workers, mice, small birds, and even dust particles. Infected wild birds have been found in at least 21 states, and the virus has been circulating in micro- migrating waterfowl in Europe and Asia for nearly a year. State and federal officials remain hopeful that the disease will not spread as extensively as during an outbreak in 2015 that resulted in the deaths of about 50 million chickens and turkeys, causing egg and meat prices to soar i'm dixon williams this is super talk mississippi agri-news network when
19: you're spraying dicamba you need it to be effective but you also need it to be convenient that's why loveland products create a new delta complete available exclusively at nutrient ag solutions delta complete offers both a dra and vra plus water conditioning a d-foam package and a molybdenum inclusion to aid nitrogen uptake it's the complete one jug solution that's completely convenient too Ask your Nutrien Ag Solutions crop consultant about New Delta Complete. Always read and follow local guidelines and label requirements.
12: Please, never use gas appliances for purposes which they are not intended. A gas oven should never be used for heating purposes and never store flammable materials inside propane cylinders. The Mississippi Propane Gas Association takes pride in protecting your home or business. We ensure that our products are delivered in compliance with the highest industry
15: safety standards. Plus, we offer free gas checks for our customers. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com.
10: Good things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
1: It's so awesome! Middays with
0: Gerard Gibbett. Mm. Come on,
13: let's get on with the show yes.
0: on Super Talk, Mississippi. Yeah.
3: Super Talk Mississippi, live from the Elementwell Studios on uh, this Friday, y'all. Really appreciate uh, the senator coming in. And look, there there are obviously uh, two positions, I think it's fair to say. There are multiple positions, but as far as what's emanating from the lawmaking chambers, the House and the Senate, they just have two different philosophies on this. And... Uh, the senator and I talked after the interview. He, he knows where I stand. I, I want to see the income tax fully eliminated. I've been a proponent of that, an advocate of that. And the only bill that is offered that, or the chamber, honestly, because there's been multiple bills, has come from the House. But I, too, have said that we must be prudent. And we've got to be methodical. We've got to be careful as well. i, I got to believe there's some way these smart people can get around the table and devise something that achieves that goal, but is also prudent and careful and methodical. And I I can tell you, folks, that um, I've talked to leaders on both sides. They're going to keep talking and keep working on this, and I hope we get something meaningful out of it. I really do. Uh, And I I would also say that when you see some from, in particular, the House and even the governor who recently said, hey, look, the House has got a bill to fully eliminate the income tax, and we're not raising that sales tax, which the, uh, the original House plan contemplated included a provision to raise sales tax, I just want to cut through that a bit. First, I think there's a perception out there, Will, that when you see the governor say that and other lawmakers make those statements publicly, there's this perception that, hey, I'm not going to have any income tax next year. I really do think there are, I know there are. I've seen people on social media say that. Great. No income tax next year. That's not what this is. This is a very gradual, very long-term phasing out of it, and there's no guarantees it starts by increasing the personal exemption $25,000 for a single taxpayer and 50,000 for those filing joint that's up from the present level of 6,000 and 12,000 respectively but then it it keeps increasing the exemption I'm talking about the house plan annually based on achievement of certain revenue targets and so it's all speculative. You have to hit those revenue targets to realize any additional tax cuts to, to the income tax I'm talking about after the initial cut. So based on their model, based on the estimate, that would be done 12 to 14 years. 12 to 14 years. Not next year. 12 to 14 years. The original plan that had an increase in the sales tax would have achieved it based on the, the models, based on the pro formas, in 10 so there is a, a huge objection amongst Mississippians that I can tell to increasing the sales tax in order to more rapidly decrease the income tax. I'm not sure they understand that's the, the give and take. It's it's just a shifting of uh, 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 money. But it's not a dollar for dollar so-called tax swap. That's what you hear talked about. Well, that's no good. It's a tax swap. No, it's it's more like this. If I if you give me hundred and fifty dollars, I'll give you three thousand. Or you can give me nothing, and I'll give you fifteen hundred. Which would you take? That literally is the question here, because when you when you sift through the math and you look at your personal household situation, the vast majority of what you spend your money on. Is not subject to the general sales tax. It's just not. Your rent, your mortgage, your insurance, your utilities, your gas, your 401k, your federal taxes, your car tax. All, think about all your household expenses. None of that is subject to general sales tax. So, at the end of the day, it doesn't amount to a lot. Now, I understand, retired folks, they, they uh, had a problem with this. They didn't want to see an increase in the general sales tax because they presently don't pay any income taxes. The problem is you can't cut their income taxes, they don't pay any. This is the exact same argument for the tax, the Trump tax cuts. Oh my gosh, they all went to the rich people. No, they went to the people paying taxes. It's the old Jethro Bonin, not from not equal not. Not times not equal not. (laughs) If you paid not, and what the Democrats want is, oh, we just want to send you more money. We want to give you credits, refundable credits. You never paid any tax. Their idea of a tax cut is not cutting the amount you paid. It's giving you more in the form of credits, sending you more money, mailbox money, helicopter money. But I just wanted to clarify that. It doesn't mean, oh, yeah, we eliminated the income tax, goes away next year. It, it phases in. I'm for that. I'm absolutely for that. I just wanted to point it out so people understand. We'll take a break right here. ZZ Top of the bumping us out of the final segment of the second hour. We're coming back, News Director J.T. Mitchell after the news. The Element Well Studios. You're
0: listening to WFMN Flora Jackson. Super talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros. Online at News. I'm Roger
20: Stern. President Biden finished this morning's video call with Chinese President Xi Jinping. It came amid concerns that China might offer Russia military aid in the war with Ukraine. But Xi may be trying to calm things down. Chinese state Media reports she told President Biden conflicts and confrontations
4: are in the interest of no one, and the Ukraine crisis is something we don't want to
20: see. Fox's Jared Halpern: The U.S. and Iran are reportedly close to reviving the Iran nuclear deal, and that would be welcomed by General Frank McKenzie, who is in charge of U.S. Central Command. I think anything that that where Iran agrees not to possess a nuclear weapon that is verifiable. Uh, through, a, through, a, through a process that would be jointly and mutually agreed upon, I think that's a good thing. Republicans demand that Congress get a look at the deal before it's finalized. Merrick is listening to Fox News. As
19: locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community safe. We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for years. Visit us in Gluckstadt. ADS Security. 601-898-3105. Call today. Hey, this is Bob,
9: and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
11: Yeah. Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction, regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery, or medications, and no downtime using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today.
15: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The house is expected to take up teacher pay rate legislation early next week, and then it'll head to the governor's desk. Representative Kevin Felcher says there weren't a lot of differences between the chambers. On the conference report, the Senate uh, did some bumps on the step increases,
14: and that was about it. Um, Basically, it was about 80-90% of the House plan. Uh, They they came in and implemented that. We took a couple more things from their plan in the conference report. We worked together, uh, thanks to Chairman DeBar, Chairman
15: Bennett, uh, Speaker Gunn, and leadership, and we got it done. The bill will raise teacher salaries by more than $5,000, bumping it above the national average. The plan also includes a set of milestone raises that are aimed at retaining good teachers. Teacher assistants will get a $2,000 raise. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett.
12: I think the teacher's asleep.
10: Looks like he's dreaming. Man,
9: I can't wait to hang up my team mascot.
10: I I think he's having a nightmare. No,
12: this is just part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with
15: your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Netflix is planning to charge people for sharing their accounts. Fox's Jenny Casola explains. Netflix is about
12: to test a new program to address illicit password sharing. It will charge you an additional fee for users outside your household using your account. The Wall Street Journal says HBO Max and Disney Plus email their customers when they notice multiple logins from
15: various locations. More than 30 historically black colleges and universities across the nation have been targeted with bomb threats. Over the past three months. Of those, four in Mississippi received threats. Jackson State President Thomas Hudson appeared before the House Committee on Homeland Security. He's calling for more funding. There is a significant mismatch between our security challenges and the adequate funding levels to address this incongruity. The White House announced it'll make grant money available for HBCUs that have been targeted with these threats during the current calendar year. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett. Tune in to Middays with Gerard Gibbert each weekday,
14: live from the Element Wealth Studios. Is retirement on your mind? Do you have a plan? Go to MyElementWealth.com to find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees.
16: Prime Shrimp is a proud sponsor of Tasty Tuesday on Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Go to PrimeShrimp.com to get pre-seasoned, easy-to-cook shrimp delivered straight to your door.
17: Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the
14: best
19: sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State, every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. And now,
0: another hour of the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Begin your
18: transition now.
0: Now on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi.
3: Back, everyone. Midday's Super Talk, Mississippi. We are in the Element Wealth Studios. Of course, we appreciate Element Wealth for sponsoring Midday's. Go to myelementwealth.com or call six zero one nine five seven six zero zero six to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income growth and guarantees. The uh, Dow is turned around. It's hovering around the flat, Mark. I'm watching it kind of uh, vacillate between being green and red, green and red, green and red. Investors don't know quite what to make of uh, all the data that they are processing and consuming. Uh, joining us now in the Element Well Studios, Super Talk Mississippi News Director J.T. Mitchell. Thanks for coming in, J.T.
16: Gerard, how are
3: we? We're doing great. Uh, we were just discussing uh, before we get into the state matters this article by Larry Summers, who of course served in the Obama and I believe the Clinton administration, and uh, the title of the article: "The Stock Market Likes the Fed's Plan to Raise Interest Rates." It's wrong. That's that's the uh, that's the title. Uh, and along the lines of interest rates, I I do want to point something out. A friend texted me. When I was talking about state spending, education, Medicaid, and and other state welfare, but mainly Medicaid, and uh, and then corrections in that order of programs, I, I did not include debt service, which is slightly larger uh, than corrections. that would come in after Medicaid. I didn't do that because it's not a program per se, but it is a, a it's it is a valid point that it is a major spending line item in the state of Mississippi, because we do borrow money. And as interest rates continue to rise, our cost of money is obviously going to go up. That is a concern, as it is at the federal level as well. I just want to get that out there.
16: you got to appreciate uh, Summers' blunt honesty, don't you? It's unbelievable. Uh, we, You heard the clip we played
3: earlier from uh, David Axelrod, who is many credit with getting Barack Obama I mean, he engineered the campaign, getting him elected, and now he's coming out, and he's blasting the Biden administration and the president specifically for being disingenuous. Look, all this inflation was up. The price of gas was up. I mean, there's just all these examples of things rising. uh, uh, Vladimir Putin wasn't even, uh, you know, he wasn't even a twinkle in the eye as far as invading Ukraine at that time.
16: But you're blaming it all on him. Well... Whether it's a Republican or a Democratic uh, administration, you want to see people that have this much knowledge about the situation at hand be this blunt and honest. So it's good to see out of Larry Summers. Crazy times we're living in. The inflation is unreal. But I'm here for Mississippi News, and I guess we could turn it into Mississippi if we wanted to. Um, Yeah, please. You just had... Senator Harkin's on. That was a pretty good interview, so let's not talk too much about that. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Y'all have been talking a bunch about that, um, but this week in the legislature, we saw Governor Reeves issue a veto for the first time. Yeah. Tell us about that. Have you taken a look into that? I have. Um, So that was Representative Bain's bill. 590, I think. Is that right? It was 980. 980. Okay. I knew a 9 was in there. (laughs) And this one's interesting. I can't ever remember and can you ever remember a time where a governor vetoed a bill that unanimously passed that I, passed I cannot one hundred and seventy of one hundred and seventy four lawmakers voted yes on this Four wow. present okay. not voting so what this bill would have done essentially is um representative Bain actually used a good example so in twenty twenty a medicine that's used for epilepsy in children, it got declassified as a Schedule Five on the federal level. But at this time, the Mississippi legislature was not in session. And in order for, according to Mississippi law, the legislature has to come in and say, after the feds do it, has to come in and say, yes, we agree, declassified. Now Mississippians can get it. But they're only in session a couple months a year. And so if they're not in session and this happens on the federal level, you got to wait till the next go-round to be able to declassify it. Okay, and That's what it would have done essentially. It would have given that ability, a limited interim ability to the state health officer to say, you know, um, pretty well-versed in this. I think this drug that the feds just declassified, the FDA did, is good. I think if they did it, we should do it. So right now, yes, it's open to Mississippians, and the legislature can talk about it next time they come in, uh, which seems – Pretty logical to me, and obviously it seemed logical to 170 lawmakers. Governor Reeves' his concern is it's going to open the door for street drugs to be decriminalized okay. and deregulated. He made a statement to that effect because I, I yeah. didn't, I couldn't find anything. Appreciate he that. He said. Um, In some Democrat-controlled states, there's a disturbing trend toward deregulating and decriminalizing such hard street drugs as cocaine, heroin, and meth. And he thinks that this could be a gateway to that.
3: Right. So – Okay.
16: I talked to Representative Bain yesterday on the phone, and he pretty much told me that he thinks the governor um, was just kind of concerned with other political aspects surrounding it and how it could make a Republican state look. Right. I guess – but right. oh well, that's what happened there. Um, and hmm. interesting,
3: I, I don't know. I was shocked as well. Um, and it, it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it has to do with what would be retroactive, right? So, if is that right? Yeah. Is that your understanding of that's it? That's my understanding. So, but, and, and the reason that I think uh, this was uh, initiated in the legislature is because there are just more signals coming out of the federal government of a coming effort to decriminalize marijuana and declassify it as a Schedule One right. drug. And should that happen, there are a lot of folks that are charged with uh,
16: various marijuana uh, charges, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. infractions. Part, part of it is that automatic representation. Um, you know, it's something to think about because if you are in jail for something that was illegal when you got arrested with it, but then you're sitting there and it gets – yeah, um, you know. it, it's now legal. Right, yeah. you're like, okay, I just try to sit here for another five, ten years, whatever.
3: Plus those that are currently going through the the proceedings of, of court and the trial and all that stuff, get waiting to be convicted. They've been charged, but they haven't been convicted.
16: And keeping people that have to face a situation like that in prison costs the state money. Yes. Also.
3: Yes, well, litigating it and adjudicating it, I should say, as well
16: mm-hmm. uh, costs money. That's yeah. a lot of that in the courts. So, also in the session, we had one bill um, of note make it to the governor's desk. I assume it will be signed. It's just a K-12 career pathway bill. Okay. So, the goal of that is to provide tools to students in Mississippi um, to help them. uh, The goal of it is to keep them, retain them in Mississippi after their education, pretty much. Um, You can read about that on supertalk.fm if you are interested to read about it in full. Hmm. Um, That. Bill, that is supposed to eliminate any teachings of CRT, was signed on Monday as well. So that's pretty much what happened in the legislature Yeah, this week. Well, I miss you. You were in Disney World the first couple of days. I so know, you but settlement. I was keeping up. You are keeping oh, up? Oh, yeah. I would have tried to. can't check. stay away from I it. I know. I would have tried to check out, though. You can't stay away from it, though. <laughs> um, in sports, real quick, I am I wore my Ole Miss shirt yesterday. I'm wearing my Jackson State shirt today. We've yep. got the Ole Miss women's basketball team about to start here in 16 minutes is tip-off. First appearance in the NCAA tournament in 15 years. Wow. When the coach, uh, McPhee McEwen, when she came in, there's four players. Hmm. That was a couple years ago. Now they're Mm in the NCAA tournament. That's unbelievable. Pretty crazy stuff. Jackson State will play. So Ole Miss today plays number 10 seed South Dakota. Hope it's a win. Tomorrow, Jackson State will play a tough team in a four-seed LSU. Okay. And that LSU team is— Jackson
3: State, LSU, cool.
16: Yeah, uh, the other Tigers yeah, down yeah, there in Baton yeah. Rouge, um, you know, so that's good. Good. No, no, no men's teams made it this year. Um, mm. Just currently, since we're talking about basketball, a few minutes ago, Mississippi Valley State men's basketball got a new head coach um, in a former player that is George Ivory. They were pretty bad last year too, in twenty six. Okay, so new coach there. We'll see. Um, Mississippi
3: State, Ole Miss basketball coaches. Anything there?
16: Oh, yeah, Ben Mid- Halland yesterday. what I thought. They parted ways. We'll see. I I think uh, Ben Halland, if you're out there and need an early prop, I think he's a prime candidate for San Diego's opening job. Oh, okay. He's at UCLA. That's kind of a mid-major school. Yeah. Um, who wouldn't want to go to San Diego? Yeah. Um, so we'll see if he goes out there or not. Uh, Ole Miss has announced that Kermit Davis are giving him another shot. Okay. So he, Interesting. He presented Keith Carter with a plan and said, I can bring us back to the NCAA tournament, which okay. he did in his first year. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes.
3: What do you think is going to happen uh, in state government next week? You got any idea? What's on tap? It's kind of big.
16: I don't think it's going to be a tax reform plan. <laughs> um, <laughs> you must have listened to the interviews. But I, I, I do think that uh, I do think the House is going to go ahead and pass this teacher bill. Send it to the desk yep. of Governor Tate Reeves, and let's get it going. That'll, the that'll teachers be a, deserve that. That'll
3: be a big deal, I think. Yeah, uh, about that. Well, JT, always a pleasure having you on. Never my enough friend.
16: time. Lots going on. So go read about it all on supertalk.fm. Appreciate
3: it, JT Mitchell, Supertalk Mississippi News Director. Has been our guest. We'll come right back. In the Element Well Studios with more middays.
9: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your Peyton Coney needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, showers and thunderstorms likely, then clearing skies, high near 77 tonight. Mostly clear conditions, low around 44. Your Saturday, mostly sunny conditions, high near 65. And for your Sunday, sunny conditions, high near 73. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
19: fund.
4: you know that's my favorite door song so uh i got the chance to meet alice you've played golf with alice cooper uh, i sure have yeah uh but i got a chance to meet him one time and the first thing i asked him was uh about that song roadhouse blues of course that's the doors that's the doors yeah. i know but he inspired the line. Woke up this morning, got myself a beer. I didn't know that. He apparently this was in his drinking days. He's now sober and Christian right. and yep. all that stuff. Sure is. But he was uh, partying one night and woke up the next morning on the floor of some place next to Jim Morrison. Hobby darn. Jim, they recognize each other, and Jim says, "Well, uh, good morning to you. You know, something like that. What do you What are you doing today?" And Alice looks at him and says, "Well, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I." I guess I'm gonna go get me a beer. <laughs> so Jim writes that down and includes Turn it in that song. <laughs> song. That's awesome.
3: Thank you for that trivia.
4: Yeah, uh, and I asked I asked Alice Cooper about that. I said, Is that true? He says, Yeah. He goes, from what I can remember, this has been a long time ago and a you know, a lot of alcohol ago when I was an alcoholic. But yeah, I remember that. I woke up next to Jim Morrison one morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh that is fascinating. I did,
3: in fact, many years ago, twenty five years ago, uh, just happened to get paired up with Alice Cooper, who's an avid golfer. Yeah, and it was uh, he lives in Phoenix at the time. I don't, I don't know if he sure does. And uh, and it was at Camelback Mountain. Uh, there's a course there. There's a public and a private course. We were on the I think we were on the public course. I couldn't get on the private course, of course. Um, but he he actually used to be. Like a spokesperson for Callaway golf. Mm-hmm. You you remember that. I mean, yeah. with the makeup and the hair and the whole bit out yeah. there, swinging Callaway when, sticks. Where's he Gary and got... the Berg, my golf buddy, on the ceasefire text line? Yeah. When he
4: got sober, uh, I think it was back in the 80s, he had all this energy all of a sudden. What am I going to do with it? And decided to take up golf.
3: He told me he was playing every day, literally. Uh, back then. Uh, Quite enjoyable playing with him. It was just kind of... It is kind of odd to see someone that just... Look, that persona, you know, swinging a golf club. Yeah. Now, you
4: met him without the makeup.
3: That's correct. On the golf course, When I
4: met him, he had the full makeup on, and the makeup does not match the man. Okay. Because he has all this black makeup on, and he's been singing, and he's (laughs) black leather, and all that, and he was the nicest guy in the world. I mean, very small little guy, and uh, just... Oh, and he did the land shark. I had had him do the land shark. Oh, he did. He, he didn't even know what it was. Yeah, he's like, "What is that?" I said, "Do land shark." So he does land shark. The next week, he is the guest picker on College Game Day, and I was so hoping they were going to show that picture because it had gone out there on social media, but he, they didn't show it. Uh, unfortunately, that is awesome. Well. Uh, I just played golf with him, and, you know, it was just normal
3: golfer conversation, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's just
4: weird. I'm oh, I'd, have been, I'd have geeked out with him. <laughs> you know, if I had more time, I only had, you know, it was a brief meet, meet and greet. If I had more time with him, I'd have geeked out.
3: Well, the sad thing is, that was prior to everybody walking around with a camera, you yeah. know, in their hands. You didn't have that back then, and, uh 'cause I would have geeked out if that were the case. Look, i played golf with Alice Cooper. But, anyhow... uh you know, we were talking in the last segment, shifting gears a bit, or or earlier today about this blame game that the Democrats are playing and now we've got we've got David Axelrod, who is a a very high-level Democrat operative who's even pointing fingers at the Biden administration saying you you got to be honest and and quit blaming everything. But just yesterday, I believe we have some sound for you here. Uh, this is the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and her her take on inflation, et cetera.
11: We have to address the Putin price hike, uh, gas hike. Uh, it has uh, since he started amassing troops earlier this year. Of uh, the price at the pump, has gone up seventy five cents. Uh, we're
3: doing everything we can to minimize the Putin price hike at home. Oh, the Putin price hike at home. She mentioned it twice. Uh, exactly. Uh, all about uh, trying to deflect and uh, and and diffuse any blame, any finger that might be pointed at the guy who is responsible for running the country. That'd be the president. Nice try, Nancy. Folks ain't buying it. And if you just want to dig into the, the data a little bit, I, I, I did this yesterday for you. Uh, gasoline prices were 235 on average, in January of twenty one. By October, this was way before Putin ever rolled the first tank into Ukraine, they were 331 up 40%. That's before, again, as far as the world price goes... Fifty-two dollars a barrel in January twenty-one. It was eighty-four in October. It's one hundred and four today. And she just fails to—that's a sixty-one percent game. She fails to acknowledge that these are huge numbers. The inflation rate, consumer prices, less than two percent in December of twenty-twenty, and then it gradually surged to uh, to to. to Twenty. Uh, let's see, two point seven five before Putin invade by twenty seven point five percent. Excuse me, uh, before Putin invaded, so you had almost a thirty percent surge in inflation way before he invaded, and she's just not taking that into consideration. It went to three percent now. Of course, it's seven percent, but just not not taking that into consideration. Wholesale prices even up more than that. Now, that was a bigger percent increase. Again, all before, so y- y- you just want to just sort of whack that whole part of this equation off of the ledger, and you can't do that. But that's what they're attempting to do. I just find that so disingenuous and inappropriate, and frankly unacceptable for the the uh, speaker of the house. That's just that's not right. And and as long you guys know this, you can't solve any problems until you admit. There's a problem. Yeah. And as long as you keep pointing fingers elsewhere as the culprit, well, then you're never going to fix anything. And that's kind of where we are, because they just refuse to acknowledge it because it's not, it's not politically expedient for them, especially uh, when you got a, uh, a midterm election coming up. We'll see. I had a question on the C Spire tax line that I, I wanted to address about tax reform, and, th- and this is a valid question. You could drop the rate, this is, this is from uh, the text line, you could drop the rate 1% in less than an hour of legislative time if you wanted to keep it simple. As a CPA, it's obvious that they're making this as complex as they can. I mean, phasing it out over 15 years, really. So just to be clear, first of all, it is estimated to be phased out over a, an, uh, an extended period of time, 12 to 14 years, depending on which model you look at. It's not guaranteed, It's not. they're not... This this particular bill coming out of the House doesn't say, okay, we're going to phase out this much this year, this much this year, until it's, it, it successively until it's finally totally phased out. That's not what it does. It does an initial cut, and then it says, okay, based on revenue achieved in the subsequent years on an annual basis, we look at that, and if we are beyond that target, a certain amount of that we we reserve, we claw back, The rest of it we use to apply to cut taxes. If we don't hit those revenue targets, no cut in that year. You you go to the next year, do the same test. Did you achieve those revenue targets, yes or no? You did, cut taxes. You don't, nope, no more cuts. So it's not like this is built-in phase-out. I want to be clear about that. It's based on these triggers. It's just estimated to To last that 12, 14 years to achieve that. The reason, though, I think that um, the approach on the House side to reduce and ultimately eliminate income taxes is in, in the form of increasing the standard, uh, the personal, excuse me, the personal exemption as opposed to reducing the rate. The reason is because By increasing the personal exemption, people at the lower end of the income scale get significant relief, and many would be totally taken off the tax rolls. So by decreasing the rate, only those whose income is above the amount that is subject to the rate, in this case, let's say the $10,000 mark, which is all subject, anything over that, subject to 5%. So if someone's taxable income were less than $10,000, they wouldn't get any tax relief. They would out of the 4% bracket if you did that. But I hear you. It is complicated, and, and I apologize for even sounding convoluted. But that's the rationale behind it. By cutting the exemption, that gives relief to the lower end of the spectrum, less to the higher end of the income spectrum. By cutting the tax rate, folks are still paying taxes. They're just paying less the the um, former by elibi- uh, eliminating the exemption a lot of people are just taking off the tax rolls that's what they're trying to do there and that gets uh gets a lot more people on board with that approach anyhow more of the roadhouse blues that's a great tune by the doors we'll come back with more talk here we got another half hour on middays from the element well studios
1: If an insurer tries to steer you somewhere else, tell them you want the shop that's certified by the manufacturer of the car you drive. We're located in Clinton and Richland or online at ClintonBodyShop.com.
0: Green Home Solutions. We make air better.
9: The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth Goal Sports Cafe, the Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Good Things with Rebecca Turner is brought to you in
4: part by Trust Care, where you'll find a team of experienced, knowledgeable, and friendly staff. Visit TrustCareHealth.com to schedule an appointment today. Trust Care. Feel better, faster.
15: The House is expected to take up teacher pay raise legislation early next week, and then it'll head to the governor's desk. Representative Kevin Felsher says there weren't a lot of differences between the chambers. On the conference report, the Senate uh, did some bumps on the step increases, and that was about it.
14: Uh, basically, it was about 80, 90 percent of the House plan. Uh, they, they came in and implemented that. We took a couple more things from their plan in the conference report. We worked together. Uh, thanks. Chairman Debar, uh, Chairman Bennett, uh, Speaker Gunn, and leadership, and we got it done.
15: The bill will raise teacher salaries by more than $5,000, bumping it above the national average. The plan also includes a set of milestone raises that are aimed at retaining good teachers. Teacher assistants will get a $2,000 raise. For Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett.
12: It's time to take a road trip down to the coast for CPR Fest 20. Outside on the grounds so of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum, Saturday, April 2nd. Starring Mississippi's own Three Doors Down, Live. Three Doors Down, with a Plus Bad Flower.
3: on middays from the Element Wealth studios. Go to MyElementWealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. So, uh, Jeff in Hattiesburg on the Ceasefire text line, which is of course 601-879-4395. I think the suspension of the Mississippi gas tax proposed by Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman is a distraction from the lack of the Senate coming up with a tax reform plan. You know, I don't, I don't think so, Jeff, and, I, and I'll explain why um, I, I disagree with that. And I appreciate the text. It's, it's. Um, I think the lieutenant governor and, uh, and the Senate in general are hesitant to really push through. Significant tax reform, especially one, uh, a plan that would totally phase out the income tax because of this, this common concern they have uh, about revenue shortfalls and, and the necessary money to fund the government and other headwinds uh, from an economics perspective. Rising interest rates in, increases the cost of, of new debt or refinanced debt, as an example. Uh, inflation means the cost of everything the government buys goes up, uh, and we still have this looming PERS issue out there, and, and it depends depend on who you talk to. Some would say, no, that's all been fixed. Uh, some would say it's not. And, of course, it's all speculative because you don't know what could happen as uh, the future continues to roll out, but all that to say, offering the tax, uh, the tax uh, gas tax holiday, suspension, pause, six months, whatever you want to call it, that's pretty easy, because that's covered, as the Senator explained, that's covered with another bucket of money, and it's not permanent. That's the, that's the main thing, is that when you look at, and again, I, I'm trying to convey what I believe is, is their position on the Senate side, this is from conversations with senators and the lieutenant governor, and, and they may come on and say, no, Gerard, you misrepresented that, and that's fine. I know they'll call me if I am, I can assure you. But I think I'm accurately conveying this after numerous conversations. They're on board with taking the excess produced the last couple of years in revenue we're talking about. They're on board with doling that back out to the taxpayers. They see that done in the form of of uh, gas tax relief, as an example, and the one-time payments, and the uh, the grocery tax, though that's permanent, and the uh, phased in though very slight reduction in the income tax. They they see that as uh, fairly low risk in terms of revenue generation and revenue sufficient to cover future expenses. The House is much more aggressive. They just disagree on that, and it's no secret about that. They disagree on uh, future revenue production. Uh, they disagree on the impact, the positive impact, on phasing out the income tax and in the in the way uh, that they propose doing that, which is to increase the exemption. All that means, folks, is that just increases the amount you deduct from your gross pay before you determine how much then – do I owe taxes, or what's the amount that I have to compute the tax on? So, for example, with a f- uh, if you're married and you're filing joint with this increase of the exemption to $50,000, which is what the House plan does, if if uh, your income is below that level, that level or below, you owe no state income taxes. Zero. Everybody whose income is above 50000 would have to then dig into the the three brackets we currently have, and compute their income taxes five thousand, five thousand, and everything over ten, taxed at three, four, five, respectively. So it's a different approach in 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 that respect. But that's a, that's more of a permanent thing, though it does have triggers in it that says, look, if we don't hit these triggers, this is the house this is the way the house guards against these budget holes. This is their approach. If we don't hit these revenue targets, well, then we don't adjust the exemptions upward, meaning cutting taxes more, which means less revenue. That's their philosophy. You heard Senator Harkin say that he was not really for that. He's not for something that would be kind of permanent or engrossed in law, if you will, that says, yeah, we've got this model that phases it out. And I asked the question, in fairness to the senator, could you get comfortable with any triggers that would protect against that? And and you heard him. His belief is, let's just get this done and maybe make some adjustments on the Senate plan, and let's let the next round of legislators deal with that. I believe I'm accurately... Uh, recapping that, would you agree? Yeah, is that the way you heard it? Okay, and that's that's fair enough. I get it. All I'm trying to do is get them together. I'm trying to promote. That's hey, could you understand. could you get along? Could you get into this? Could you get into that? i have done it to both sides. Um, ultimately, I wasn't opposed to the slight increase of the sales tax. I know there's people out there probably get mad at me about that because you get more money. That's what people just don't want to don't uh, seem to want to do the math. You you may recognize a slight increase on your general sales tax, but you get way more back on your income tax, more income tax relief and car tag relief. So now that's changed in the House plan because there were a lot of people, I understand it, said, nope, we don't want to raise the sales tax whatsoever. Okay, well then we're going to have to water down and significantly dilute the amount of income tax relief you're going to get, and we're going to have to do away with that uh, car tag relief. Which I was really looking forward to, because we have some of the highest car tag uh, prices in the country. That's a major way we raise money in the state of Mississippi, uh, at, to fund local and county governments. That's just our mechanism. All, all states have different models and different mechanisms, and fact is, when you go to Florida, where they don't have any income tax, I love it, but Florida's blessed with being a peninsula with abundant sunshine and warm weather, and they get a lot of people come in from all over the world and spend money. And that generates significant sales tax revenue for them. Significant. We don't have that luxury. We have to be honest about that. In fact, we're losing population. Losing population. One of three states. The only way, the only way to make ends meet and give true transformational tax relief, and cut Mississippians tax bill, in my view, is to grow our economy. It's just simple as that. We need to quit funding the education for all of these highly educated, degreed uh, Mississippians who leave the state because there ain't no place for them to work here when they get out. And it's great to take victory laps about the advances and the progress. I'm proud of it, too, in our K-12 education, but for the most part, preparing them to go on to college to get a degree and leave as soon as they graduate. Because there ain't no place for them to work. So you got to have both going at the same time. We've got to have more business formation, more business expansion, new business coming into the state of Mississippi, so they will have a place to work. Because when you hire those people, most of which would be so-called knowledge workers, you know what they do? They buy cars. They buy houses, more expensive houses, and guess what that means? More property taxes, and where do those go? Primarily to schools, which does what? Improves, ostensibly, the quality of education. It's it's that's the way the cycle works. So our focus should be on growing the economy. Now, I agree with uh, the lieutenant. Uh, not excuse me, the speaker of the house, with uh, those on the house side to say we think. A key factor in growing our economy is to eliminate the income tax. I totally agree. I agree with that. That's why I support that and want to get that done. Um, I think, however, it's got to be promoted, it's got to be sold, and simultaneously, concurrently, we've got to be promoting our state. You heard the senator talk about all the other states and in, in the various um, tax reduction efforts they have underway. I, I read an article a couple of days ago that listed every state and all the plans they have. He, he's right in what he shared with us. So I appreciate him doing that. Uh, are, hardly any of them are looking to totally, in fairness, eliminate the, it, their income tax. I'm not. I still support that and want to get that done in Mississippi. But just for comparative purposes, the other reason they're all doing it, same reason we're thinking about it. They all got hit with massive amount of federal helicopter money. Guess what price we're paying for that? Inflation, four dollar gas. So we got flush state coffers, and we're trying to give that back out to the taxpayers. I want to do that, too. But the fact is, on the other side of that equation, is the price we're bearing at the gas pump, at the grocery store, in the restaurants. Inflation. That's what happened. So we we built up our state coffers, and the expense for that, inflation. It was bad federal policy to start with. That's the bottom line, and we're all paying... And now the states are trying to figure out how can we get relief to our citizens to offset some of that. Absolutely all supportive of that. Time for a break here on Middays from the Element Well Studios. we got the final segment coming up on this Friday, y'all. Stay with us.
7: Mississippi has more eyes in her name than any other state. That just makes sense. We're not just a star on the flag. We're the state where people follow theirs. Whether you're cutting a new path or following the road less taken, the bank that actually gets you there is just a few exits down. With more accessible, flexible lenders, more product choices, and more cutting-edge digital banking. When you move to your own beat, nothing beats local. The Citizens Bank, in your corner. Member FDIC.
6: Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi
10: This is Allison Calloway. Since 1954, Callaways has been family-owned and operated. We offer fine merchandise at reasonable prices. We have what you need to make your outdoors beautiful and colorful. Callaways has a large selection of trees and shrubs. Callaways has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture, with all the new 2022 collections arriving. We offer landscaping. Our designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape, from a small job to a total transformation. Let Calloway's turn your backyard into a staycation destination give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs bring your truck or trailer callaway's offers bulk soils for pickup and local delivery refilling your propane tanks is always the better option and callaway's is a propane refilling station when you refill you get more propane for less money callaway's in gluckstadt on calhoun station parkway south of germantown high everything for
12: home and garden that's what callaway's is in ceasefire country, the best network
0: anywhere is all around you. It's up on our towers, where blazing fast five G is turning your smartphone into a superphone. It's under your feet, where we lay gigabit fiber to make the internet faster than you've ever seen. It's powering your phones, feeds, tablets, TVs, and businesses. So now the best technology anywhere is right here. Welcome to ceasefire country. It's just like the rest of the country.
13: All year, with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point
0: three. You're listening to Midday's with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: back, everyone. Midday, Super Talk Mississippi. From the Element Well Studios, Thomas and Greenwood, how much would you have to spend to make up for the car tag cut? I, I, I just sent you a response, Thomas. I apologize. I think I misread what you, what you were saying there, but I believe you were saying uh, in terms of, uh, I assume, increasing the sales tax, the general sales tax, by 1.5%. That is what was contemplated um, in the uh, house bill, and and the, what I just sent you, I'm sorry, was based on uh, how much someone would make rather than how much they would spend. Uh, I just read it too quick. Yeah, but uh, look, it's all a point. It's all a matter of how much does the average person spend on that, which is subject, uh, th- that which is subject to general sales tax. So you can do the math on that. Every ten thousand dollars you spend is worth about 150 bucks of additional sales tax. Under the House plan, it had a, a sales tax increase. But DOR says the average car tag in the state of Mississippi is $600. Does that sound reasonable to you, Will? 600 bucks, I think it does. Yeah.
4: yeah. My wife bought a new car about a year ago, and tag was pretty up there. Yeah.
3: So... Okay, so a 50% cut. Talking about the old plan, I want to be clear, it would have been $300. So you would have had to spend $20,000 a year, $20,000 on uh, goods and services subject to the increased sales tax just to offset the uh, decrease in the car ta- uh, tag cost. So that's that just really kind of goes back to the point I was making that I know a lot of people had a serious aversion to raising the sales
4: tax by the 1.5%. It's something they see. They can look yeah. on their receipt, yeah. and they can see, you know what, last week this was, yeah. uh, what, $100? was $107? Now it's $108.50. Yeah, yeah. You can see it. That's why gas prices is a big gauge for inflation. Yeah, it's because they're they're plastered everywhere. You can see them going up. You can see them change sometimes if you catch it right. That's why they use that, and plus it affects everything else. Gas prices do. But yeah, um, I think that's a big reason why people don't consider. You don't think about your car tag
3: more visible. Yeah, you, I hear you. You say that, but you know, I, I believe I'm accurate in stating that the car dealers will tell you that the price of a tag is a major issue in Absolutely. selling a car. To, Absolutely, be, because it's a lump sum deal uh, that you typically you got to come up with, and when they find out, and they, especially if you're going from a used car and you've been paying a, a lower amount of money, right? Because it's declined
4: in value. I've got an older truck, and I pay like twenty, thirty dollars. Yeah. I can't even remember. It's but it's pretty low. Go get, low a, go get you...
3: a new, and it'd be nine hundred. Oh, my
4: wife did. She bought a new SUV, and <laughs> yeah.
3: So and um, so that I think to a lot of people probably keeps them from pulling the trigger and buying a new vehicle i, I really do uh, you know when you, you and you do that typically based on that note right most people look at what can i afford per month on a major purchase like that house and a vehicle and they they kind of do their their financial planning on that basis so anyhow uh I just want to point out though that when you when you sit down and do the math, again, the the analogy I'd like to use is well I hand you one hundred fifty dollars and you give me three thousand back or I don't hand you anything and you give me fifteen hundred back. Which would you rather have? And I know I'm beating that horse to death, but that truly is what that would mean. But I, I think I think we do tend to get hung up, oh my gosh, they raise taxes. Now it's also true, we should point out if you look across the spectrum of conservative economists and conservative think tanks, they will all tell you, hands down, taxing consumption is more efficient than taxing income. So if we could get to a point such as Florida, Florida lives, essentially operates on uh, their sales tax revenue. It's where most of their state revenue comes from. Their property taxes, by the way, are slightly higher. Not more than slightly higher, about twenty five percent higher. Hmm. Uh, last I checked, that I want to say it's when you look at the mills, uh, that's the way it works out. Then Mississippi, but they don't have any income tax. You you hear a lot of people talk about Texas. Texas has no income tax, property taxes. People get taken aback when they find out you got to get the money somehow somewhere. I'm simply saying that the better your economy is, the more people are visiting your state, more commerce there is. The, the more efficient and lower can your tax be it 's just simple as that our federal government doesn 't get that they just want to punch the hell out of everybody, especially corporations um, so, so is, is that good for us couples over a hundred k or bad that's on the ceasefire tax line you know it it depends on the math there how much that is but if you if you took the house plan initially. Uh, $50,000 of that would not be subject to tax. You pay tax on the other 50000 The first five would be not taxable. The next five, 200 bucks. So about $40,000 at five. So, yeah, you get, a, you get a good break on that. Just wanted to kind of do that math real Pretty quick. Pretty
4: quick math there, yeah. Gerard. <laughs>
3: uh, there was somebody that asked me about, yeah, Rhett and Ridgeland, uh, Bellhaven wants to increase their millage. I think a private neighborhood should have the right to do that. If they want to do that on their citizens and you sign up for it, I think that's fine. Everybody, thanks for joining us today. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. And God bless. We'll be back Monday.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi media production.